Hello everyone, welcome to episode number 147 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is July 7th, 2020. I'm Robert Ring. With me is the beautiful Mr. Jay Totoro. Beautiful. You scared the crap out of me again. I, I, I brace myself every time when you still get me every once in a while. Well, that's I'm like, he's going to yell, he's going to yell, he's going to yell, and then you do it again. <laughs> I, and I'm also extremely excited to introduce our guests this evening from the Drunk Friend Podcast. Joining us are SNES Drunk and Nest Friend themselves, Alex and Travis. Alex and Travis, how are you guys doing tonight? Yo. Great, great response. That was a good one. <laughs> that's that's what I get from him on Drunk Friend, too. We do the, the whole, hey, how's it going? Hey, Alex, how are you doing? Yo. Yo. Perfect. <laughs> I respect that's, it. that's real deep. Thank it's you. a good neutral response. You don't have to say, you don't have to bring down the room and say, shitty, actually. But you can just say, yo. You don't have to lie, either. It's a neutral response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah that's, that, hence the monotone. It's just the monotone, yo. True. Going yo. On. What's going on, folks? So for folks. those who haven't listened to a ton of our episodes and may not have heard Alex yet, Alex, um... Why don't you give us a quick rundown? Well, okay, Alex, you say hi so everybody knows your voice. Mm, that's drunk. <laughs> you guys Unsubbed. recognize that? That's me. Okay, that's uh, just me doing a Barney Gumble voice, uh, like uh, you know, a- as my intro. You guys know that, and that's me. So there you go. You know what? I didn't realize until you said something about it recently that that was the Barney Gumble voice, and it makes sense. Yeah, no, now. that's that, the drunk thing. When I think drunk, I think Barney Gumble. Oh yeah, it's, who does? They're 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 hand in hand. So yeah, he's the world's he's the world's he's America's favorite drunk. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> um. So of course, so you guys are from the Drunk Friend podcast, and that is an amalgamation of your uh, YouTube channels, SNES Drunk and Ness Friend. Uh, most of our listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with Ness Drunk, uh, you know, from either discovering the channel on their own or from you having been on the podcast a couple times. Um, however, this is Travis's first time on the podcast. So, Travis, why don't you tell us, before we jump into Drunk Friend, why don't you tell us a little about Ness Friend? Well, um... It's a, it's a complete ripoff of SNES Drunk, and uh, it focuses on NES games. <laughs> That's not because true. Because Alex was dancing around NES games for forever. He would put a few on there. I'm like, come on, man, commit. You know, you do, you do the Sega stuff. You have the arcade stuff. You even do Game Boy stuff. Just commit. Just go in hard, and you wouldn't do it. So I was like, well, I guess I got to do it. So I, I was very that inspired by... Yeah, I was very <laughs> inspired by SNES Drunk's videos. And, I, and honestly, I've, I've always been a NES guy. I've been collecting the uh, the cartridges for forever, and decided instead of these things just sitting on my sitting on my shelf staring back at me, maybe I should put them to use. And so this uh, nest friend is is sort of an exploration piece for me in that I'm kind of going down the um, going down the rows in the shelves and playing some of the games, trying them out, and then doing the videos doing the video reviews um, in light of those. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. So um, you guys joined forces. In March, yeah, it was it was like the Mega Powers handshake, you know, <laughs> exactly. like with Macho Man and Hogan, you know, or yep. it, on on the Brother Love Show where they he, they do the handshake, and it, it, it yeah, it was it was one of those. I always yes. pictured it like Venture Brothers with them doing the V <laughs> up to their fingers. It was we like, like the Megazord at the same time. Yes, then, <laughs> then it worked out. So tell us about uh, Drunk Friend Podcast. Uh, what what is it? How cool is it, and should people listen to it? Well, I think it is kind of interesting in how it came together, and that I am a 
also a very amateur podcaster just on my own with my pal Jake. And I had had Alex on several years ago to talk about, you know, SNES drunk. And so I had like a little bit of a connection there. And then randomly on Twitter, he said something like, I think it was at the very beginning of the pandemic. He was like, I, I kind of want to get this this podcast thing going or something. And I responded like, hey, you know, we could call it Drunk Friend. And he was like, who are you? And I was like, <laughs> that's not true. I believe that. <laughs> and then I was like, and then somebody else responded like, wouldn't it make sense? You know, because he's an S friend and you're a SNES drunk. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. And then you reached out to me. Then that's how we, it is how it started. And so, uh, yeah, you, <laughs> it was something like that. Like, I don't get it. It was some, it was something like that. It was oh, funny. now I think you introduced the name and I was like, I don't get it. And you were, and then you were like, oh, it's the two of our names put together. And I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Right, right, right. But so, no, anyway, I knew who you were. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think, uh, to, to speak over Alex here completely, um, it's just, <laughs> we, we basically, you know, want to talk to other people in the podcast or in the YouTube space about their process, especially in retro gaming, what they do to 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 record their videos, how they get their footage, what their focus is, how it's changed and 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 stuff like that and kind of get to know the people that we've been watching for years. So other like YouTubers and podcasters and stuff like that. Yeah, so far. Pretty, yeah. So far, yeah, we've had like the uh, Dan from Console Wars, Daria plays RPGs. I think the most uh, popular guest we've had on so far is Super Derek uh, RPG. Is that guy? A lot of people came out to listen to his podcast. We've had like Pam from Cannot Be Tamed. Um, most recently, I can give a little preview here. Hell yeah! Um, the <laughs> podcast that's coming out on Friday is going to be uh, Mr. Game Boyle, and he is from Wales, but he's currently living in Denmark. And he has a really interesting channel that's completely 100% dedicated to Game Boy. And I don't even remember how I found his channel, but I really, really like it because it's the kind of stuff that I like, that it's very bare bones. There's not a lot of like, you know, like pratfall humor, or lame jokes or <laughs> your typical, yeah, YouTube humor kind of stuff. And yeah. it's, it's, it's very like, here's what this game is. Here's what happens. Here's what the footage is you know it's up to you if you like it or not here's my opinion of it and that kind of stuff and he's he's really good about that kind of stuff um awesome. and i he's he's a really good interview because he's um a really interesting guy with a really interesting uh background and story and that sort of stuff and he's like trav in that he just got sick of staring at his <laughs> Game Boy cartridges and he's like what if I did something with these and actually played all these to completion and you know tried to figure out you know if these games are any good or not and I thought that was really interesting so yeah he's he's going to be posting on Friday okay awesome uh, another thing that will back Travis back to what you were saying um well, you mentioned so. So, of course, you have Nest Friend. You also mentioned your podcast, and I think specifically you were referring to Polykill. Uh, you actually have a few other projects uh, besides just Nest Friend and Drunk Friend, friend right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. You. Ask. How much time is do we have? <laughs> How much time do you have? <laughs> you know, it's actually funny. Uh, Alex said, you know, this podcast is going to be about three hours. And I actually went to Staples and bought a new chair so that I didn't get really terrible <laughs> compass and lumbar uh, issues. So I have a new chair tonight. So I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, I'm rocking yeah. back and forth in it. Wow. But um, 
Yeah, so Polykill is was my my very first, I guess, foray foray into creating anything for the internet. It's a podcast I do with my my uh, best buddy Jake. We we uh, basically just, I mean, it's like every other two dudes podcast besides maybe this one, in that it's not really topical. We we just talk about how life gets in the way of our backlog in gaming, and it's comical and just fun. So if people are into that, it, it's bi weekly. And that post over on polykill.com. And then the the other thing that I do um, that I'm really excited about is a thing called Tales of the Lesser Medium, which is a project that I do with Caleb, who has actually been on uh, a Drunk Friend episode. He was there with Musty Hobbit, episode nine, I think. And we chronicle the stories or narratives of, um, so far, classic games. We started with the Resident Evil franchise, and the first four games sort of tell you the story of the games as if it's written like a book. And then we, we make wisecracks in there. Can't help ourselves. It's got to be funny. So we, we smooth out all of the absurdities and illogical decision-making uh, that's included in those narratives and try to make it fun. So that's those are the two, the two podcast projects that, uh, aside from Drunk Friend, that I'm a part of. That's awesome. Um, I have to say also that... So you guys... Um, I, well, Travis in particular, I've noticed really likes to point out um, guests who have very good podcasting voices there. I've, I've, I, you've done it at least twice. Like just said, Hey, you know, you have an awesome voice, you know, do this or that. And it kind of leads into a question. Usually <laughs> um, I have to say, Travis, you have an extremely calm and <laughs> pleasant and relaxing voice yourself. Whenever I, I listen, <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I just wanted to point out that I, I think out of everybody, I think you have beaten everybody so far. Because when I listen to Drunk Friend, I'm like, that does sound like a really friendly guy. I want to listen to him some more. Uh, well, I, I, I appreciate that. I, it's funny, though, because I, in compared to my co-host on Polykill Jake, he has a very silky baritone voice. And I just sound like a like a really like homeless Gomer pile. So <laughs> I'm very flattered you would say such a thing, if you mean it. I don't even know. I do. I do. <laughs> so Trav, uh, Trav gets a lot of compliment. Pearl, my girlfriend Pearl, has said like Trav's got that radio dulcet tone going on. <laughs> she has said that herself. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I got to believe it. If Pearl said it, I got to believe it. <laughs> yeah. When are you guys gonna have Pearl back on? By the way, uh, she uh, when there's another Final Fantasy VII remake <laughs> okay. sequel kind of a thing. <laughs> so for she years. Gets yeah exactly and gets some liquid courage and comes on. Okay, um, I really I do have to say I'm not a big uh, not a huge like college football fan. So, but I still have listened to like the thorough conversation, like the the entirety of those conversations that you guys tend to have. Because you so for our listeners, you, often you guys will kind of talk for a little while at the beginning and then you bring on a guest. And usually it's about college football or just random things, but very often college football. Uh, I'm not the biggest college football fan. However, I really did enjoy uh, the recent discussion about 90s alternative and grunge music. Oh, yeah. I saw your email. Oh, yeah. I sent an email, an email about it, too, uh, for the show today. So, yeah, that was uh, that was really fun to listen to. That brought back that was bringing back some memories. Yeah, it's always kind of weird when we decide, like, hey, you know, because basically the you know the podcast is ours. It's it's drunk friend, and you know, I, I think both of us having, especially Alex, being YouTubers, you, you're kind of you know trapped in what your audience expects. It's like they expect a video on this content on this specific content on every day, 
But with the podcast, I think it's important that it was a little more freeing. So we don't have to always have a guest. We don't always have to talk about gaming. It's Drunk Friend. There's no Ness or SNES in the title. So we can talk about music, you know, drinking, uh, video or uh, college football, whatever we want. And and I think that's kind of the nice part of it. The, 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 the weird thing is like it's always, you know, I know when we do a podcast about college football that only 18 people are really going to dig it. <laughs> so, <laughs> That that's the that's the issue. It's like well, hopefully we're at least entertaining enough, or yeah. uh, we we are not. <laughs> there's not anybody that just unsubscribes from that episode. It's okay to skip it. Hopefully we're still engaging enough for people to stay on board. So uh, thanks for continuing to listen despite college football not being your thing. <laughs> of course, we appreciate you. Big uh, time. Jay, by the real quick, uh, were you a big fan of like the '90s alternative scene? Uh, give me some examples, like Nirvana. Yeah, Pro Jam, that kind of stuff. Yeah, of course. Okay, what was your? What, did you have like a favorite band out of those? Mm, probably not. Was, like a lot of that, and then leading into the early two thousands is probably like the most. Oh, I keep for, today, uh, yeah. But... You were a little bit younger. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I failed to take that into account. Yeah, so you would have been. Like, when I started listening, I, I won't rehash the entire conversation that you guys already <laughs> had. But when I started listening to that kind of music, it was. Like shortly, at, I got into it slightly late for how old I was. It was like right after Kurt Cobain died. Um, mm. and I want to say maybe like about a year after that was when I started listening to it. So I, so that part wasn't big for me. But yeah, I, I wasn't thinking about how Jay it would have been even a little bit more displaced than that. So uh, anyway, I was just curious, Jay. Um, no, Jay. So Jay, well, like when you think of that kind of music, like what's what comes to mind? Like, are are you like, oh, it's so overrated? No, absolutely not. It's still music I listen to today, to be honest with you. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. right on. That's awesome. Do you have a favorite? Not really, to be honest with you. I I, 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 ch- I struggle with that question. Whenever people talk to me, like, oh, like, what's oh, your favorite okay. band from this timeline? It's like, it depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. know, right? It's kind of like when people ask me about, like, 70s rock, because it's like, you know, it's before my time. I don't have any personal attachment to it. And it's like, uh... I guess I kind of like, you know, the Stooges or, you know, something like that. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, it could fun. be anything. It depends on the day. What day of the week is this? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard to it's hard to kind of conceptualize your own favorite anything <laughs> of a decade that you weren't around for. True. Yeah, exactly. But it's kind of nice when you don't have that emotional or, or some it sort of is, yeah. to You're able to see it from an arm's length, yeah. Um, I did go after listening to that. I did go and listen to the whole In Utero album. Oh, nice! And a little That's bit my of favorite. I think that one's my favorite too. And I went and listened if you're, to Unplugged as well. Nirvana. Oh, uh, if you're not headbanging to Radio Friendly Music sh- uh, Shifter or or Tourette's or all, that that second half of that album rocks so hard and it's so raw and kick ass like it's my that's uh, my by far my favorite nirvana it, it is just, and i think heart shaped box is my favorite song of theirs too yeah that's a great one um yeah. but i was so i was i don't own that album uh so you know i was listening to it you know mostly on youtube videos and stuff and uh, i was just kind of going you know song by song from the album and just finding finding it on youtube and a few of them were live performances of you know this or that song yeah <laughs> and i'm sure you remember this but i had forgotten how hilariously low uh chris oh <laughs> i know where his base yeah. <laughs> he has to <laughs> it hangs so low that he has to lean over to play the damn thing <laughs> that's cuz he's like 6 foot 5 or something like that and he, yeah, he he's 
he's he he's super hunched over. Yeah, that's just how it is. Oh yeah. my gosh, it was uh, borderline absurd. Uh, but that was his thing. <laughs> that and throwing it up and getting hit in the head by his own base. Were his oh yeah. yeah, that was. A, I thought that's where you were going. Where was the MTV uh, oh, music no, awards yeah. thing? Where they play lithium, and then uh, and Kurt comes out with that like Dorothy Hamill haircut, which was really <laughs> oh, strange. Right. And then uh, uh, the bass player Chris throws the bass up in the air at the end and hits himself in the nose <laughs> with the it bass lands, guitar. It lands like, like the like the body of the guitar comes straight down and hits him right in the face. Yeah, and it's right on camera. You can see it happen, and he just like boom, like it. <laughs> Like, I wish, like, you know, cell phones existed back then. I want to see, like, front row smartphone videos of that, like, collision. <laughs> the sound? Yeah, just for the sound, exactly. <laughs> I want to hear what that sounded like, because that could not have been pleasant. Oh, my God. Yeah, I thought that's where you are going there for a second, but yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome, you guys. Um, as I said, I'm super excited to have you on. Why don't we start talking about uh, some classic video games? Now nah, let's keep talking about nineties. Talk about hey, let's just talk about Nirvana. <laughs> we'll talk about nineties video games. Come on. Let's talk about Dorothy Hamill haircut. What a reference. <laughs> Dorothy Hamill. <laughs> Is that an old and musty enough reference for you, Dorothy Hamill? That's that's incredible. Good job. <laughs> All right, so I am gonna have I am gonna make a slight change up to our topic order today. Um oh. So, so Travis has a, un, unlike the rest of us, has a finite amount of time that he can stay on this evening. And uh, so he's going to have to leave in maybe another hour and a half or so. So, and we're, and we're not going to be done by then. So, in order to get every, to, in order to milk Travis for all that he has, for lack of a better word. Good Lord. We're gonna, wow. We're going to. Thanks for that image. Musty milking. Thanks. My first milking. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Don't lie, Travis. <laughs> We are so we are going to do news first, um, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to we're going to do partial emails. I've gone through our emails oh. and found out just just grabbed the portions of emails that are relevant to you guys because because uh, I in the last episode we told our listeners that y'all were going to be coming on and if they have any questions for you to write them in. So I skimmed through our emails. I didn't read them entirely, but I you know just read them enough to find out which parts were from were, were for were for y'all. So I've kind of plucked those out of emails and then uh, we'll read the, the, the rest like the other like I've actually dissected these emails and took taken specific parts out for us to go ahead and address. Then we're going to save the rest of that for for the very end just because it didn't feel right to not end on emails since that's what we've always been doing. <laughs> so we're going to do that. Then we're going to go to our normal th- or thing that normally comes after news, which is games and uh if it turns out if we start going too long on games before we get to top fives, then we're gonna pause on games, jump into top fives, so we get to hear everything from Travis, and we'll all have the top five discussion with him, and then we're going to go back to games, and then we're gonna do emails after games. What I'm hearing is I'm gonna need more water. <laughs> Don't worry, I think I have this under control. I'm just it sounds good though. Thanks. All right. Um, so, so let's talk about a little bit of news. Um, one kind of small thing, the Anno Remastered Collection came out. I think it's called the Anno History Collection. So that's out now. It's 40 bucks for the whole thing. You can get it, uh, f- I think, on Uplay from Ubisoft. Oof, Uplay. You, yeah. You can buy it. 
it's so it's so strange. You can buy all of the individual game. I think there are four Anno games in it. I forgot which ones exactly, but it's it's just remastered versions of the original Anno games. Basically, like uh, like upresed versions, more or less. Gotcha. Um, and it's got, okay, Anno 1404, Anno 1701, Anno 1503, and Anno 1602. These were kind of strategy sim, uh, kind of colony builder games. And, but you can buy them all other places, but you can't get them, all of them on one single platform. So Steam, for instance, has, I think, two of them. And then I think the Epic Game Store has another two of them, and then you can get another, you know, one or so, like in other, in somewhere else probably, or you can get all four of them from uh, f- uh, f- off of UPlay. So it's very strange, but uh, they're out there if if you're interested in them. I believe UPlay, you have to be online to play offline games. So take that. Oh, do they still have that? It's been so I'm long pretty sure. I'm pretty sure GOG and Steam are the only ones that don't do that anymore. Okay. Really. Um, yeah. That's it? Just GOG and Steam? Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure most of the other ones, the ones that are owned by developers, they require you to be oh, online. I, that makes, that's a good point. Yeah, if they're owned by developers, then mm-hmm. they make you be online. Yeah. Epic Games, I think, is another example of one that doesn't. But yeah, I, I would be very surprised if Epic Games did require yeah. that. I, yeah, I don't think they do, but I haven't used them. Hmm. Yeah, I've I used them yeah. for a couple things, and I, I haven't experienced it. So Okay. Um, all right, here's a big one. Billy Mitchell. Is back. Oh no! Back Why black. didn't hear about this? So you know he had his uh, Guinness World Records revoked, right? Yep. Yeah. Thankfully. And he um, says a lawsuit going. June seventeenth, Guinness reinstated all of his records. No, they didn't. Yes. Very surprising to everybody. They said um, in li- not to in- Billy Mitchell, not to him. <laughs> Probably even to him, honestly. They said, uh, in the light of compelling new evidence received by Guinness World Records, the records management team has unanimously unanimously decided to reverse decisions made in April 2018 in regards to video game high scores achieved by Billy Mitchell between 1982 and 2010. This is first perfect score on Pac-Man, highest score on Donkey Kong, uh... Another another highest score on Donkey Kong. Uh, two more highest scores on Donkey Kongs. I don't know how you can have four Guinness records for the exact same thing, but he does apparently. It's probably just progressive records of cheating. <laughs> and then they also said uh, this reinstatement also re-recognizes Mr. Mitchell as the first gamer to reach the kill screen on Donkey Kong, and the first gamer to score one million points on Donkey Kong, a re-examination of the records in question and the emergence of key eyewitness and expert testimonials led to a reversal of earlier disqualifications and the reinstating of Mr. Mitchell's original records. The records archive has been updated accordingly to reflect this. So the the proof was somebody who came forward? Like, what? I don't have any other detail. I'm very interested in what this proof is as well because the proof against him was very convincing to me i think the proof is the haircut right i mean that's that's where all of his power is that's i mean you can't dispute the haircut that's got to be the source of everything he's the samson of donkey kong (laughs) yeah the, the mulleted samson yeah all this does is discredit guinness at this point you know what i mean like the fact that they were really willing to it really what this this just means to me that the lawsuit worked. That's all that. That's all that I hear from that is that the lawsuit 
worked. I mean, I'm will. I would say I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Hell I, no. I want to give Hell them no. the benefit of the doubt, but I'm really having a hard time doing so. Unless they can show some sort of like proof that is just like un- inarguable. No, there's no way. Like that's just. Oof. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of with Trav. With I think the mullet is really <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus look that he's rocking is really kind of giving him. Yeah, I think it's the. The hell's that song called he did with the 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 other guy this past year oh um <laughs> his, oh his, what's his, his name little moss I, I can't remember little but, moss uh, little yeah. moss it, Nos, kind of Nos. Oh, um, yeah. i mean yeah, you ever, just, you ever him... just watched uh watch billy mitchell speak you get you kind of get lost in the eyes and in the hair i mean i think maybe he just yeah. had a face-to-face meeting with him he got he's like <laughs> you know i'm done with emails let's just meet and talk this out and they were just you know, swept away. They were like, everything is yours. It was like Take the it. Jedi literally, mind trick. Literally swept away. Yeah. 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 Like you have longest fingernails ever too. And whatever. <laughs> you have all of these. You have some that you didn't even get. And he brought a case of his hot sauce with him. <laughs> yeah. He has hot sauce? Is that any yeah, good? Yeah, he owns a hot sauce company. I don't know. I really have no idea. Oh, I like didn't know that. It. That's funny. We should try it sometime. I'm good. I don't want to support nah, him no. in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> exactly. No thanks. I don't want to give him more financial power. On the um, right. on the on King of Kong, it shows him like in a store where, and he's it's it's like a uh, what's the big bulk place? I, I'm blanking. That you were Costco? Costco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a Costco or something like that, and it shows like the shell a shelf. It seems like a Costco or something like that, but it shows a shelf with his hot sauce and there's other hot sauces and he's kind of showing like, yeah, this is my hot sauce, whatever. <laughs> there, he, there's other hot sauces like next to his and he rearranges them so all of the other hot sauce is behind his hot sauce on the shelf. My God. So he's cheating at that too. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so, insane. I can't believe that. I, I'm Thank you for sharing that because I want to tell other people. That's yeah, so ridiculous. It's very interesting. So that... That happened. And then uh, the last thing I've got is the uh, Rochester Museum of Plays World Video Game Hall of Fame inductees for 2020. Oh, I know you guys love this stuff. I do. It's so interesting. I I love getting into this stuff, too. So I want to hear this. Okay. I I really want to hear what you guys think about this also. So, yes, they announced the finalists for this year. and, And they only inducted four this year. I think they normally do five. This time four? it was only four, okay. yeah. And uh, so there were ten finalists. We talked about those. The ten finalists were Bejeweled. And the and so, again, the, the kind of angle they're taking are... They're sort of emphasizing World Video Game Hall of yeah. Fame. So broad appeal. Uh, the, the, fi- the finalists were Bejeweled, Centipede, Frogger, GoldenEye007, Guitar Hero, King's Quest... Uh, King's Quest One specifically, um, Minecraft, NBA Jam, Snake for Nokia phones, Super Smash Brothers Melee, Uncharted Two Among Thieves, and Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Um, J- uh, Jay and I did our, so we did a top five on this after they announced them and announced, and we gave our top five picks for what we would have wanted. So, um, we've already talked about that. So Alex and Travis, just real quick off the cuff. What what are a few of these that that would have been you, you guys like these ha- like you know these few of them have to be in this year's inductees? Well, we why is you. why is Snake have to be on Nokia? Like why not Snake on my crappy Verizon phone? 
going because it was don't, don't you remember the nokia phone yeah Do, no i like didn't have gym. a nokia phone i had a crappy i had tiger woods 2001 on my crappy <laughs> flip phone you know but i did have a version of snake on it like d- is that i think the nokia snake was first though right uh, yeah that was like i think yeah, that's I'm pretty sure it was. but it wasn't the first snake game ever no but it sold no, the phone. Then I'm not giving it my vote ever. Okay. So it, I think that's I think that's a cop out. Uh, I think go- the biggest surprise there for me is Goldeneye. Like I, I would never. Th- I, I think it's uh, I, I guess it, it, it's the ultimate college dorm game back in the day. But I thought it, that's all it was. Hmm. Um, you know, think, it was. I think it was Goldeneye a- has a, has more of a legacy than that. Really, I think so. Yeah. This okay. was one. That was one of my picks. It, like without it, like that was really? maybe, maybe even yeah, my number too, one or sure. two. Yeah. See, I guess it's my anti N sixty four thing. Maybe I, so. I, <laughs> I just, I know, right? I, I'm, I'm terrible. I'm sorry, but so I just are, don't. What are two or three that you that you that you strongly believe should should be in? Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I can't help, but it, this is going to be kind of surprising, but where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Mm-hmm. I played a shitload of that in grade school. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Uh, when I was a kid and I, that really kind of opens up like what video games could do okay. when I was a kid. So I played it on a Mac, like a, a crappy, you know, one of those like crappy Macs that were, that looked really strange. They looked like like a future, they, they looked like a, a fake console from like a 1950s movie, you know, like one of those Macs. And it was like black and white, but I still really loved playing it. And it was my first like point and click adventure game. And I was enthralled by it. Like I couldn't, I was like, wow, this is awesome. I've never really but, thought of those as point and click adventures, but I guess they kind of are, aren't they? They kind of are in a, in a vague sense, I guess. But that's how I thought of them back then, you know, because you have to guess, you know, you have to click around and, and I don't know. That's just how I thought of them sure. back in like, what was it, like fifth grade, sixth grade for me. Um, and the other one, geez, I don't even know. Uh, I would probably need to hear the nominees again. But Trav, you go ahead. Travis, what do you a couple picks from you? Yeah, uh, I kind of zo- I kind of clued in on three yeah. that you listed off there. I think. For me personally, it's it's hard to to not just scream NBA Jam as soon as oh, you said that it. Was I was it. like yeah. that one, but but that's personal pick because I played the the hell out of that as a kid because when I had a Sega Genesis, that was the only game I had for like a year, and so yeah, it's it would be my pick. Um, but I also think it did a thing where it made people that maybe didn't like sports games, maybe basketball 100%. specifically, enjoy you know that sport or that game or get to know those players in a way that they maybe wouldn't have even heard of them otherwise. Right. And I think that's also true for Guitar Hero. I think it, it introduced right a lot of younger kids to some cool music. Like when I was uh, big into that, like in the maybe the late 2000s when Guitar Hero 3 got got big, that might have been the one that kind of blew it open. Um, I remember some, you know, my nephews and stuff who were probably in early high school like, you know, they figured out who Ozzy Osbourne was and who uh, Guns N' Roses was through that game. So I think that's pretty cool. Like, it's it's a way to introduce uh, people to some really cool stuff. But I really can't look away from the impact that Minecraft has had. Uh, yeah. I've had fun with it in the past, and it's just, gosh, I mean, they, you know, there's not a kid probably within 100 miles of any of us that's not just probably clinically addicted to that game. It's uh, right. it's insane the, what it's what it's been able to do and how it's held on for over a decade. So that would probably be my choice. But I, I do think Guitar Hero and NBA Jam are also pretty good choices. I agree with 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 all of that, and and uh, particularly with Minecraft. I've I, as you said, I, I've 
I've pl- I've also played you know some in the past and I had fun with it and it's not something that I'm huge on but you cannot deny that this game is was a phenomenon mm-hmm. uh, beyond almost any other so uh, I very strongly feel that it really deserves to be in here. Um, so here are the inductees and I gotta say I was surprised and disappointed in the four that they ended up picking out of this list. Huh. Here we go. Bejeweled, okay. Centipede, King's Quest, Minecraft. Hmm. King's Quest is a little weird. <clears throat> I really only know King's Quest from a friend of mine, a childhood friend's older brother that played it on DOS. And I was just kind of like, what the hell is this? You know, <laughs> what is this jank? Yeah. You know, it, <laughs> it was <laughs> like kind stuff. of. So. Yeah, it was a point-and-click adventure game, of course. It will, and yeah. before I get well, the, well, okay. So the first King's Quest was actually a uh, it was a text parser. The first three were it uses it used text oh. parser, so they were really rough. Um, I am wrong then. It was probably like King's Quest four. Or five, it was probably then, yeah. four. I bet probably um, four. That was guess, kind of yeah. the big one. Um, and so this one, I think, is kind of they're more leaning into its influent. In- influentiality yeah <laughs> it's it's kind of like when lord of the rings return of the king got best picture for movies and it's <laughs> yeah. like a, a an oscar for like all the movies in the tr- in the trilogy it's like okay here's your award for the whole series now leave us alone yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but i, don't I think see it's- how you can pick these four and pass up like most I know. of the ones that we talked about, honestly. NBA Jam. I mean, my God, that's an obvious one to me. Like that was massive when I was a kid, and yeah, I don't know. But I will say, I I, I think Bejeweled is you know everybody wants to roll their eyes at that. I don't think I've ever been on a flight in my life in the past like fifteen years where I'm not like overlooking the shoulder of somebody playing Bejeweled. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. I, it's so incredibly popular with like. 80 year old women on on airplanes <laughs> yeah it's it's super ubiquitous i was about to say the same thing like as strong as minecraft is among kids right. is among anybody who still has a facebook that's that's an excellent comparison to that, Travis. <laughs> so to put it bluntly <laughs> minecraft is to grade school kids as bejeweled is to anybody over the age of 60 there you go so there you go okay that's like an SAT question. That's like one of those. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so that's the news. Um, you know, normally, I don't get too bent out of shape about those because I understand, you know, they're not just going to pick sure. the stuff that I like. I'm usually pretty open-minded. But this time, I kind of, like, did a double take when I read the list. And I was like, really? These four? Yeah. It, it should have been NBA Jam in there for sure. That's the one I get upset about because it's a sports game. And I'm a sports fan. I go back all the way, you know, to the Jordan day, you know, early 90s Jordan and, you know, Shaq and the early years of uh, the Bulls dynasty and that sort of stuff. Two, so two I, I take it. Per- were never in NBA Jam. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Really I right, take it right. personally. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So let's jump into partial emails now. Okay, so uh, the first email that I'm going to pull from is from James. And James, so I'm reading only part of your email right now, and we will, uh, but we will get to the rest of it at the end in the usual email section. But this is the this is the part, this is the portion of James's email 
that is uh, that was aimed at uh, you guys, Travis and Alex. So here we go. James says, uh, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. I'm also very, I'm, I'm also very excited to hear your guests, Alex and Trav from Drunk Friend on this episode. Uh, thanks again for, thanks again to them for pointing me to your show. Game collection discussion oh. questions. As of this writing, the most recent Drunk Friend episode was an interview with TopSpot123. His channel focuses, excuse me, on creative ways to store and display video game collections. It was a great interview. How are your collections stored or displayed? Is your collection a point of pride in your household or hidden away somewhere? He says, my (laughs) collection is definitely stored, not displayed. You wouldn't know I had one unless you were looking for it. Mainly, this is because my collection is housed in my family's shared living space. I want our shared space to feature things we all care about, not just my hobby. So, guys, how do you uh, store or display your collections if you have one? Go ahead, Trev. So, yeah, I I think I have of the more... I mean, not the most substantial collection, but it's certainly a big part of who I am as, I guess, I guess I, uh, as a person and uh, as a homeowner, it certainly has its own space. So listen, what he's trying to say is Trav's collection is bigger than mine. It's pretty, it's bigger than Alex's. <laughs> it's pretty big. Put a picture um, for proof. <laughs> I, I have a few pictures that I, I, I basically just shoved on Alex one day. I was like, dude, respect me. Look at this. Assert your dominance. Yeah, yeah, I had to let him know. Uh, I was like, oh, you have this many subs? Check this out. <laughs> We're so, even uh, now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, actually, it's, it's fun. So when, when we were searching for a house, and, and thankfully, uh, this was my fiance at the time, now wife, uh, she, was, she was cool with me saying, like, I just need a room, a space big enough to where I can display these things the way I want because we, we lived in this small house, had this very small, you know, crowded space. Things were not really displayable so to speak and now i have a a a, a game room i'm really proud of it has like a bar there and and you know screens pvms all that stuff so all my stuff is stored on a shelf i i wish like now the the next evolution of that is owning a space where i can turn everything face out and not spine out like a rental store you know that's but who's got that much space that's like five times the amount of space i have now but um but that would be cool but for now yeah the, the shelves the wall mounted floating shelves i've done that um we have like baseboard heating, and so you can't put anything like right up against the wall, like shelf wise. So I have to float everything. But um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a point of pride in my house. I take pictures of it regularly, so that you know if anything happens, the insurance guy he knows, he knows, <laughs> and Snest Drunk knows. That and Snest like Drunk pretty, definitely knows. That sounds like a pretty cool setup, Alex. How about how about you? I really just have uh, my office in here, and I've got my IKEA Billy shelves, and uh, my all my it, my collection is mostly Super Nintendo boxes, um, and I've got about uh, forty five of them, and they're all in you know just your standard uh, plastic box uh, protector things, and collecting dust, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I've got them lined up. Uh, God, I don't even know how you, you would describe it, but they're not lined up uh, spine to spine. They're kind of lined up uh, face out, but they're lined up face out back to back. So, like at an uh, angle? what's that? Are they like at an angle, kind of? Is that what you're saying? A little bit, yeah. Um, it's just 
the the best way I can make uh, most of them fit because I've got about I've only got about forty five boxes, but I've got about a hundred and forty something I think uh, cartridges for Super Nintendo. Okay. What's funny is that I've got that many for Super Nintendo. I've got I don't even give a crap about the rest of my <laughs> collection. Yeah, right. I got some Sega stuff. I've got my I've got some NES stuff, Game Boy stuff, whatever. It's fine. It's over there somewhere. I don't care. But yeah, my my Super Nintendo stuff is what I really care about. Yeah, that's uh, the cartridges are just kind of there. There's I really wanted to um, get closed. Uh, Actually, I think IKEA actually sells doors you can put on shelves that you can close. I might have to look into that, but because uh, to keep them from collecting dust. But um, yeah, no, they're they're in there. And sometimes when I pick out a cartridge, like the other day, I had to pick out Skyblazer. Um, uh, great game for Super Nintendo. I had to like wipe off the dust off the top of it. I'm like, oh man, like that's depressing. Like I haven't played this cart and. You know, since I moved here to New Mexico, where I am now, and it's like, oh man, that's depressing. So, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> I want I need a solution to that. So it was fun having Top Spot on the podcast, though, because he uh, man, that guy's really creative when it comes to like coming up yeah, with yeah. solutions for stuff for sure. Uh, yeah, definitely. He, you know, the the cover project was something I discovered, you know, a, a long time before I discovered top spot but certainly he's given me some good ideas but when i did discover that that website um you know at that point i had quite a few in 64 games and you know they don't have spines on them it kind of sucks to put them you know spine first in a shelf uh you know where donkey kong is great you know but the rest of them you don't really know so i uh i did use universal game cases for those and have the and it's actually you know the best part of best looking part of my collection is you know, the N64 it's always been very colorful it has sort of the the translucent uh you know action shot behind the logo and then the N64 logo so it's always kind of looked nice i don't have original boxes for a lot of them so the the art and the spines actually look good there as opposed to you know just regular carts uh for the rest of the collection but i'm a huge fan of the cover project and and the stuff that they do over there it's it's a big active community, and, and thankfully, Top Spot is, I guess, a dang near an expert in what they do over there. So he's a good resource. Very nice, uh, Jay. You're not much of a collector, really, are you? No, not really. I have some stuff for, from growing up, but I haven't collected anything as an adult. Gotcha. I'm yeah. I'm very lucky. I'm kind of in a vaguely similar situation to Travis. I have a room in the very back of the house that is my office and I do whatever I want with it. And so I've got kind of the two walls where these two walls meet, they form shelves going out, you know, pretty good ways. And on one side, I've got kind of random stuff like some like DVDs, some old DVDs, some books, some comics, some, uh, few like various type of like, uh, collectible type things, a couple of Lego sets. And then on the other corner side, I have all of my, games and i i lately pretty much stick to just buying um complete in box stuff just because i really really like the way that boxes look so Mm. i uh i mean i don't have a huge collection but i've got you know enough of a collection to pretty much fill up this one set of shelves and so that's where I've kind of got like the way it's set up is my TV is kind of in the middle of it. And then to the right and above the TV are where I have all my games. And I've probably got, 
just ballpark figure, maybe a hundred across all, you know, different all of across all the consoles that I have. So, like I said, nothing crazy, but but it's 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 fairly it's fairly good. And so that's where I've got all my stuff. But like back here is where I play classic games. I've got my computer back here. This is where I work during the day, and uh, mm. this is where I play guitar and all that kind of stuff. So I've kind of got a whole like miniature man caves type situation uh, in the back of our house. And that's where I've got my stuff. It's where you play the Evangelion theme on your guitar. <laughs> exactly. It's where I it's where I drool over the Miku pedal. <laughs> And then occasionally play guitar. <laughs> Not to draw this question out, but I think that's a, that's a really uh, cool thing about the hobby itself is like sometimes I get excited about, you know, I get excited about buying games and, and going in on my phone and, and clicking it off the list and, you know, saying that I have it. and But displaying it in my home is also just like another fold of that entire experience like if i if i didn't have the display part if i couldn't tinker with the shelves and make it mm. look nice i think something in the hobby would be lost for me if i had to kind of stow it away and yeah and keep yeah. it out of view so i i think that's an important thing i, I feel bad for people that aren't allowed to do that and i, I actually I have a buddy a really close friend who who's had to live in an apartment for a little bit and um he's had to keep his stuff just in bins and he has like really nice stuff he's got like little samsons and stuff and and like you know oh, wow. that that sucks that that's got to stay in like a tote like right, you know, in right. a closet, I, I'd have that front and center on the shelf, and I probably wouldn't stop staring at it. You know, so yeah, even yeah. even when I just was kind of just starting to buy a lot of old stuff, um, and I had you know maybe ten games. I probably had the original Mario, and it was kind of very random, like F Zero <laughs> and a few things like that. I, I just love the way they look so much. I had them up on shelves, you know, very prominently displayed. I just I really love the way those old boxes look. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. James goes on and says, What part of your collection makes you happiest? What peripheral system and or game sparks the most joy when you see or use it? My Game Boy Player and Carby HDMI adapter for GameCube bring me a lot of joy. Together they've turned my childhood GameCube into a powerhouse that looks great on a modern TV and can play games from four different systems. Uh, the game in my collection that makes me happiest is Super Mario 64, which still plays great and still looks amazing in its original box, which somehow survived my childhood. Just looking at it on my shelf brings me warm feelings and fond memories. I love that that dude turned his GameCube into like a big, you know, the GameCube was that versatile. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is cool. That I love that. Um, for me... <clears throat> Excuse me. For me, it's probably Star Fox. That was oh, one of the wow. first games I ever wanted, like as a birthday gift or any sort of thing like that. Like I remember, I think it was April. You know, my birthday's in April, uh, 1993, and that was. I think Star Fox was released in like February or January, something like that. So it was like perfect timing, and it was like the cool new game for Super Nintendo. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when that came out and it was just like this rush of this game was meant for me personally because it had like the big Star Wars music. You're, you know, I didn't care about the how the graphics looked. It was like a spaceship to me. You know, back then you used your, you know, it was like an Atari game. It was use your imagination to, uh, you know, insert your own details into the graphics themselves they might have looked primitive but in your mind in your imagination they looked way more detailed uh and that was definitely the case for me uh with star fox and what i love about the star fox box is that 
it shows uh, the four characters on the side when um, you display them. It's got like Fox, and it's got the old old school animatronic. Animatronic. What's the word? <laughs> Animatronics. Yeah, yeah. animatronic. Uh, <laughs> you know, because it's got like Peppy and and Slippy and uh, Falco and and Fox himself, like. And it was the original models of the, oh, wow. the not the N64 guys, but the original Super Nintendo models of the characters, like awkwardly kind of posed and standing there. Like it's it's really strange looking, but it's really comforting to me. And I really like that about uh, the, the Star Fox box. That's the, the biggest game for me because that was a, a birthday present game and because it's I still play it like I still love Star Fox. I, I can still sit down and I can freaking God. I, oh, I, I do should, too. I, I was thinking about being a Star Fox freaking speedrunner. Like, goddamn, right. like <laughs> be super fun. Oh, like, yeah. Nice. Travis. Yeah, um, it's funny, though, that you bring this up because uh, to, to plug my other podcast again, we just did an episode about Holy Grails, and uh, we had a bunch of people write in and share theirs. It was really cool hearing stories about it, and it turns out I have a few more than I thought I did. But <laughs> to, to boil it down, um, and, and this is kind of a cop-out, but I think you know my entire NES collection is in, in its entirety is very special to me. So if I lost like all the rest of the games, whatever, if I could keep that NES one... That one, that's huge. Because, sorry, I hit my microphone. That would be huge because uh, it's been, you know, what? A lot of people collect, like, their entire lives. You'll hear guys, it's like, yeah, I collected ever since the NES came out. Well, I didn't. I collect. Mm-hmm. I started collecting, like, much later. But it's definitely the, the, the thing I've committed to the longest in my life is just, you know, acquiring these games and, and putting it putting this this collection together. So that, in general, of, of my entire, uh, everything that I've, you know, glommed onto over the years, that'd be the thing that is most special. Um, and to pick some games out of that, uh, Fire and Ice is an important one to me. Um, that's a hockey one. No, it's uh, it's just a it's a puzzle game that's it's in the the Solomon's Key series. So, oh, okay. So, what am I thinking of? Uh, just making something. I don't up? know. Thinking Probably of... hit the ice. It maybe hit the ice. Yeah, maybe which so. I don't think came out, but it was it came out on Super Nintendo, but not on NES. Um, but yeah, Fire and Ice was really special because uh, you know, not not to bring it too down, but you know, the year that year before my dad passed away, I made him a retro pie and I put some games on there I thought he'd like, and Fire and Ice was one of them. Now I didn't own the cartridge then because it was very pricey, but I knew about the game and, and he played it and, and he ended up that was the game that he loved the most. And every time I would go over to the house, we would, you know, take turns passing off the controller. And this is you know, he's seventy three at this point, so he's not a gamer, so to speak, but he really enjoyed this game. So <laughs> that's cool after yeah, after he um, after he passed away, I was like, you know, that's a cartridge I really need to own. That's got some sentiment. Mm. And the cartridge that I own is not the one I played with him, or it's not anything I grew up with. This is something I played with him for a few weeks, you know, in the, in the final moments. But it, it's still special. So that's one that um, I can point to and say is is certainly one of my more favorite, one of the more favorite parts of my collection, just because of the memories that it holds. Not that cart specifically, but the game uh, certainly. Right. Yeah. I'm glancing at my stuff right now and if the ones that stand out to me are the earthbound inbox because it's big and it used to be semi-rare and it's got of course the manual and all that um also the mario paint box is really cool 
uh, it's just big and colorful, and it's. It, it, I have that's that's one of the few that I do have with the front facing out and not the spine, just because it's like so big and nice and colorful looking, just, just pleasing just to look at. Even though I'm not, you know, the game's fine. I'm I'm I like it, but it's not, you know, obviously it's nothing crazy. Um, I just really like the way that box looks. Also, I love another one that I'm doing the same that I also have face out is Night Trap. That one has great box art. They they perfectly emulated a 1970s horror film poster with the box art on that. And then I, and then a few of the others would be the, uh, the monkey Island games. I have uh, a few, I have the first three of those in box and also loom, which is uh, the first point and click adventure game that I ever played. That was kind of what got me hooked on the genre in the first place. Um, That one's got a really cool box and it's got lots of cool stuff on the inside as well. So those would be the ones that stand out to me. Uh, cool. when, when we, when I was, when I was, I looked up just a second ago, a list of NES hockey games to see if, try to figure out which one I was thinking of when, it, when I, I thought one was fire and ice. And there's, there's a Japanese one called exciting ice hockey game stick hunter. <laughs> I'm on board. All right. I got it. I'm on it. I got to check this out right now. Yeah. Uh, what is this exciting? Travis, I'm going to need you to do a video on Dick Hunter. It's like an Oregon Trail crossover. I don't understand. <laughs> what? Yeah. Hockey. Yeah, I'll put it here. Here's a link. I'll put a link okay. in our thing. Yeah. Oh man. Exciting ice hockey. Oh games, my god, that hunter. cover art. Yeah. Yeah, it does have good cover. Dude, that's cool. All I can hear is some like '80s hair metal riffs when I look at that. Yeah, and randomly, <laughs> randomly <laughs> next to the logo, it's got what looks like a bear playing hockey. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, wow. Why? I don't know, but why not? <laughs> why not? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love the teams. You've okay. Well, obviously you've got the U.S., the Soviet Union, Canada, but and you know Czechoslovakia, Norway, France, England. But you know you got to have the Japanese uh, hockey team on there too, you know, because they're well renowned for their hockey right, prowess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Japan. Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> <laughs> This I just love so- the cover, though, man. Yeah. That's fantastic. I love it. It's just the the Jason mask. And I was gonna the- say at first glance, I was thinking serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> he's even got the motion going. <laughs> this is killer, and, and he's he's on fire actually. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> from the yeah. from the from the puck, if if not, yeah. <laughs> he's on fire. <laughs> uh, James goes on to say. Fire Emblem sidebar. I just finished playing Fire Emblem Fire Emblem for the GBA. It was a play along with the Cartridge Club podcast. It's great. Fire Emblem has gorgeous pixel art and satisfying gameplay. It also has amazing quality of life features for a game of its age. Skippable cutscenes, the options to turn off battle animations, adjustable text display speeds, and best of all, auto-saving. You can turn your Game Boy Advance off anytime. And the game will pick right back up where you left off. Astonishing. That's Alec, cool. Yeah, that is cool. He says, Alex, in 2016, you mentioned mm. a Fire Emblem game for the Super Famicom in a roundup video on Japan-only oh, no. games. You <laughs> also said that you hoped to do a video on all three of the SNES oh, Fire Emblem games. Is that day coming soon? I would absolutely <laughs> love your take on even just one of the games in this series. I feel bad for you, Alex. This happens to us. 
Well, okay, I can give your t- my take on two of the games. Uh, the one that I love. Uh, hold on, let me. I, I need the host to stall for me for a second while I uh, yeah. Google the name. Hi, Robert of the game. How about those fire? What do you guys think about the fire? Yeah. Movie? So I actually yeah, I played. Rocky. I did I heard cartridge club. Shout out cartridge club. Those are my peeps. Oh, are they? Yeah. Um, I played Fire Emblem a while back for the podcast, actually, and I mostly agree. I thought it was a good game, and I and I don't disagree with anything you said. The art was great and all that. The um, one, well, and I don't know if this is maybe just me, but I, so they have the weapon degradation system in that game, and I got to the last, the, the last mission, and I couldn't beat the final boss because my weapons ran out, and there was no way that I could rebuild them because my save was, was yeah. right there. So I got kind of screwed on that. But overall, I think it was a good game, yeah. Well, I can say, okay, now that I've had... (laughs) Thank you for stalling for me, because now I can say uh, the game that I was looking for was Fire Emblem Seisen no Keifu, which was uh, one of the best games to never leave Japan. I don't think it's ever been ported to anything, ever, which is incredibly stupid. Because it's really good. Uh, it's your classic, you know, tactical role-playing game. And it's Fire Emblem. Like, why wouldn't you release this? But it's really well made. Uh, made by Intelligent Systems. And it's one of the best games that's never left Japan. Uh, it's... Uh, that one is really good. And I've played a few missions on that one. The one that I could not get into was Thrasia 776. And that's the one that came out in like... That's a Fire Emblem game? Fire Emblem, yeah. Huh, okay. And it came out in like... Jesus. it Like way late in the Super Famicom library. Like I'm talking like 98, I think. Like this is around when like wow. Mega Man... Bass came out. Mega Man and Bass came out. Like one of the or Bass or whatever the fuck. I don't know. But uh, one of the one of those games came out, and this game is impossible. Like you can't even get past the first freaking battle because it's so <laughs> absurdly difficult and unforgiving. And that game is absurd. Like don't even waste your time with that crap because it's just gonna waste your time. But yeah, no that that game I would say no, but. Uh, Seisen no Keifu, hell yeah. Like that, I think it's actually Fire Emblem 5. Jeez, uh, I'm trying to rack my brain. I'm going over my like, these like crappy uh, lists I made on Notepad. Uh, yeah, no, that that is the one. It's Seisen no Keifu and do that one. Don't do <laughs> the other one. Please. I, I beg you, please. <laughs> Uh, he says also, oops, I just lost it. Oh, okay. Trav, are oh, the oh. Famicom Fire Emblem games on your radar? I really loved your Romance of the Three Kingdoms video, and I think the series would make a good follow-up. Maybe you and Alex can do a joint project on these and release videos about them at the same time. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Are these they, on they, your radar? They could. They could be. They're not currently, but they could be. My radar is very short. It can be added onto at any point. So if there is a uh, an opportunity for a collab or some type of release at the same time situation. I like how you said that. Collab. Collab. I like it. Yes. 
I'm several Sierra Nevadas in. Words will come out different. But <laughs> the, um, love it. Yeah, and you know, an opportunity like that would be great. Um, I am personally not familiar with them yet. I mean, I know they exist, but I have not sunk any time into them. I'm very, I guess, uh, my Famicom coverage is very light because I have been focusing on games in my collection. But I am building a Famicom collection too, so it's definitely not out of the question. But yeah, I could definitely see myself doing that. Um, I'm curious about it, which which definitely helps motivate me to do a video about it. So that's or something to that. You know, I, I gotta say, when it comes to the Romance of the Three Kingdom games, when I went to Best Buy as a kid, uh, or not even Best Buy, it was freaking uh, what do you call it? Uh, Toys R Us, hmm. and. You know how it was back then? Like it was uh, the sheets of paper. Yeah, like, Toys R Us. You had yeah. the cup. Yeah, you had the cover oh, yeah, art. That's right. You had the cover art, and then you had like a packet underneath the cover art, and uh, with like a stack of pieces of paper, like that you had to bring to the cashier, like saying, "Like, hey, I want to buy this game." Sorry. <coughs> yeah. Frog in my. It sounded like you were crying about it. No. <laughs> It's okay if you are. <laughs> oh my god, Kingdom <laughs> Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Oh my god. No, I'm sorry. I got a something in my throat there. Sorry about that. But um no, I remember like seeing the cover art for those games and seeing like the amount of paper in those uh <laughs> underneath those and being like nobody's buying those games like i wonder why like i want to i want to try those games because the cover art looks really cool and i really want to try but i'm not cur- courageous enough to to rent them but toys r us makes them really look interesting i guess is the is the way yeah well i have you remember that though I have, uh, oh, wait, all right, see, he's got one more question that I'm going to, I have some breaking news here. Um, Whoa. He says, wow. his last, his last, the last thing he says is, everyone, what, everyone, what is your level of experience and interest in the Fire Emblem series? Should I stop harassing your podcasts about it? <laughs> Jay, what's your level of experience with Fire Emblem? Pretty, pretty low. Yeah. A little bit here and there, especially when I was younger. I've I played the first one, or not the first one. I played the the Game Boy Advance one a few years ago for the podcast. I thought it was pretty good. I I, I did start playing the new Switch one, uh, three ha- three houses, right? Yeah. That's what it's called. Yep. And that one was really good. I fell off of it not because I was bored or anything, but just because I started playing other stuff. But I I do plan on going back and finishing that one. It's a really good game. There there are there it is, is very good. It's very good. There is a lot of downtime. Sometimes there's an hour in between battles where you're running around and returning lost items to people and trying to get girlfriends and stuff. But uh, but <laughs> it's a really good game. What about you guys? What's, what's your level of experience with Fire Emblem in general? Yeah, Saison no Keifu is basically the most I've played of any Fire Emblem game. And I think that's Fire Emblem 5 or 4. I don't know. I can't keep track of these. But yeah. Um, no, the first one on game, I think the first one is the Game Boy Advance one. Oh, right? is it the it first got, one? I, I, well, it got remade on Game Boy Advance in like 2001 or something like that. I think, right? I don't Wait, know. are you saying the Game Boy Advance one is a remake of the first one? I, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, the, but what did it, do you know what it, what did it originally come out? Do you have any idea? I'm pulling it up. Uh, I can look. Looks like the first uh, one was... 
It was like 19... 1990. Well, okay. Fire Emblem, yeah, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Night. It was for Famicom. Yeah. And then when it got uh, rebooted, so to speak. You know, it's one of those like Hollywood reboots, basically. That's always how I kind of thought of it. Um, yeah. Isn't that how it worked? That's always... Uh, yeah. I have no idea. I all, the, the, the first one that I was ever aware of was the Game Boy Advance one. Um I just really didn't know anything about the series before then, but this, this, so this is listing, um, uh, one, two, yeah, three, four, five came before that Famicom, 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 oh, no, sorry, Famicom, Famicom, Super Famicom, Super Famicom, Super Famicom, and then Game Boy Advance with, was, uh, Fire Emblem. Oh, wait, no, 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 so this- fi- no, I'm sorry. The first Game Boy Advance one was Fire Emblem, The Binding Blade. Then the next one, so let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. The one just called Fire Emblem on the Game Boy Advance was the seventh one. Um, <laughs> Somewhere somebody out there is like, oh my god, you guys, get it right. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it doesn't say anything about that being a remake of any of them. So it could be, but I don't. But I'm not sure it doesn't say that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm seeing uh, Fire Emblem 2003, Game Boy Advance. Yeah, I don't know. I don't anyway, know. there. That's that's anyway. There. Anyway, that's, there, that's our, our synopsis. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's our limited experience. So, yeah. So there back, you go. There. There is your experience. Back to this breaking news. I was teasing you all about. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Uh, on that list of hockey games <laughs> that I was just Whoa. looking at a minute ago. Uh, Way more important. In 1984, for Game and Watch, there was Donkey Kong Hockey. <laughs> what? <laughs> look at the look at the the art is amazing on this game. Look at that. <laughs> what is it? Field hockey? It's it's Donkey Kong like looking very worried and hitting a golf ball, and Mario. <laughs> Like jumping that up in the air behind ball. him to hit a golf ball as well. Yeah, it's a go- yeah. I didn't even consider it. It's all it's a freaking golf ball. And what? And there's like a re- there's like a baseball umpire also in the background. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't even notice that. So there's those kids look into it though. There's they're that. super into it, and they look very eighties. Yeah, the two kids on the side do look like they're yeah. into it for sure. They're they're very nineteen eighty five, I think. I don't know. And but I just yeah. saw this pop up on Twitter. Um, well, a minute ago I saw it. Uh, Nintendo has announced the next three games to be added to NES slash SNES Switch Online. Oh, okay. First one is Donkey Kong Country, of course, for Super Nintendo. Fine. Second one, also Super Nintendo, Natsume Championship Wrestling. Is that one either of y'all uh, are familiar with? Is that... Not so good. Not so good. Not so good. No. And then the last one for NES, The Immortal. I'm not familiar with that one. The hell is that? NES. It's uh, it's like an isometric. Let's ask the expert. I think it's like an isometric 3D dungeon crawler. Looks like um, there's an angry video game nerd episode on it. Oh, I remember. Okay, yeah. apparently this is. Uh, I actually remember Which watching this. I remember watching this episode of his. Um, no, I don't think it's one guy. It's a an extremely difficult kind of adventure dungeon crawler hybrid game. 
Yeah. Hmm. It's one of those where it's like, oh, you stepped on the wrong square and you exploded and your game's over, basically. You know, that type of stuff. Like, oh, you walk, you open the wrong door, a monster comes out and kills you, game over type thing. Oh, uh, everyone loves those. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing that that's on, that that's on there. Hmm. Okay. Next. I love that breaking news, though. <laughs> that's great. We're, we are... You know, it's hot off the presses nonstop I here love at the it. Classic Gaming Podcast. I love the Donkey Kong. Uh, <laughs> Donkey Kong. You, you, you described him very, very astutely, where uh, he looks uh, very concerned <laughs> and very, uh, you know, he's like, wait a second, should I be doing this or should I be rescuing the princess or should I be attacking this guy behind me? It's his day off. Leave him alone. <laughs> it's very strange like why would he look like that i i guess the artist was just why is he running in the opposite direction that he's hitting the okay first of all it's a ball it should be a puck it's hockey yeah they're on grass they're on grass too they're on grass let's go it's like he's defending himself from the ball like the ball's coming (laughs) maybe it's curvy heck and then, like Mario's backing him up, he's like, "I got you, dude. Whatever yeah. you need." Mario's Mario looks super excited. Mario's like a like his dog, like he's just jumping up and down, happy, ready to go for whatever. <laughs> gotcha, bro. Oh man. Um, next email is from Chase, and this is uh this is the entirety of Chase's email. That's Chase the Night Cleaner. Chase the Night Cleaner, indeed. You All know right. Chase the Night Cleaner says, "Hello, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner here with an adult beverage-based email. Ooh, I will keep today short." And sweet, in honor of what my of what may balloon into a three to four hour long episode. What with your special guests? Yeah, we haven't even started talking about games yet. Uh, in honor of your drunk podcast guests, let's talk alcohol content. Question of the Whoa. day for all the folks on the mic tonight: What, in your humble opinion, is the best poison to consume while gaming? Do you nurse a light beer? Do you slam a rum and coke? Do you sip on a glass of wine? Man, that's a really good question, dude, because I think it varies for me yeah. depending on the game, honestly. Like if I'm if I'm playing a game that's really gonna need my attention, I kinda have to conscious consciously restrict myself from certain beverages and I'm like, all right, tonight's <laughs> a beer sip at night, because I really want to yeah, pay yeah. attention to what's going on here. But if I'm playing something like, you know, a lot of the NES games, let's be honest, a lot of it's just repetition button mashing. I don't really have to read a lot, I don't gotta take a lot in. Uh, my notes aren't going to be comprehensible after one night anyway, so <laughs> why not just liquor it up and use the game genie to get the footage done? <laughs> yeah. Good combo. And uh, and that's happened, you know. I would say most of the channel is. You know how difficult it is for me to find like five seconds of me not dying because of <laughs> of my my drinking habits while recording footage for an ES game. So yeah, I think you know the the more complicated the game is. Um, the the more you know beer beer is more on my side but if if i'm if i'm in it for a monday night of of do nothing and button mashing i'll get liquored up that's actually honestly very similar to my uh my own habits i and i i didn't realize that recently until recently when i was like you know 20 hours into a civ 6 game and <laughs> i've been drinking whiskey and I'm thinking about loading the game up and playing it. I'm like, well, no, 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 no. I'm going to screw up the last 20 <laughs> hours of everything I've done. I need to just hold off on this one. 
<laughs> yeah, man, you only get drunk and piss off Gandhi. That's the last thing. You <laughs> exactly. So exactly. yeah, it kind of depends on whether I'm playing something that I care about doing good in or not. It's either it's either beer <laughs> or whiskey. Usually, either a heavy beer, uh, like darkest possible, or or whiskey for me. Alex, you're all, you're all about the the um the Irish stuff, right? The Irish whiskey, yeah. I'm trying to wean myself off of that, though. Um, I usually do, you know, the Glen. What is that? I don't Glenn even Livet? know how you pronounce Glenn it. Livet, yeah, yeah. Glen Livet. How the how the hell do you pronounce it? Glen Levet. You know, I uh, want to be French I've, and fancy. Yeah, I don't think it's French. <laughs> yeah, man. Put put that T in there real hard. <laughs> Glen Livet. Uh, that was good. And yeah. And I got the Arrogant Bastard Ale, which I am very familiar with, from Stone. Anything from Stone, which is uh, nearby in Colorado. I love anything they make, and they're tremendous. And uh, that's pretty much it. It's it's mostly Irish whiskey and uh, anything from Stone. And that's... I, I try and keep it simple like that, yeah. Jay, any... any you're not a huge I, drinker just, in general. I don't drink at all, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Not my thing. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Now, <laughs> Please, please do not po- yeah, Apologize no. once more, and then we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> I would be so much better at games if I wouldn't get drunk while I play them. So. I know, right? Hats off, man. Yeah. <laughs> you're the man, Jay. Seriously, you're. do not apologize for it's, that. It's okay. There, there's other things. Just, Jay has yeah. other vices, just not yeah. this one. He's you're like, guys, man. my meth habit, though. <laughs> yeah. That helps with gaming a lot, especially with FPSs. It's like if I'm it playing Civ- steady hand. <laughs> if I'm playing Civ Six, it can't be after a night of meth. I need to really lean in more on the LSD. Focused. Uh, Chase says, if I'm going to play a game and drink, I usually stick to beer that sits around four percent. I personally love stouts, so I have a few local breweries I enjoy. But when all else fails, I'll reach for a Guinness. Also. Just as a side question, if y'all feel up to it, what's the weirdest... Oh, here we go. This is going to be good. Uh, Actually, I saw this earlier, and I know instantly what Alex's answer is, I think. Mm. What is the weirdest comment you have ever received from a fan as a creator? (laughs) Alex, you make content based on how weird some of your commentators are, and I always enjoy a good weird story. So what's something quick that comes to mind? God, I... uh, I don't even. I I would have to just like. There was one look that you. At, there was one that you posted on Twitter recently. Uh, okay. Um. I mean, there's a million that come to mind. I I not come to mind, but a million that like. I kind of offhandedly put on Twitter, like, "Look at this idiot!" You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> please don't. Be, yeah. The reason I put them on is like it's just kind of like a. a do you remember the movie Unforgiven from 1992 with uh, Clint Eastwood? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There's a there's a scene where they put like an outlaw like, and he's all like purple and bloated like outside. And I'm not saying I'm doing that to people when I I put their comments up, but it's like, listen, I'm gonna put your comment on blast like on my Twitter feed if you if you like say some dumb stupid crap like the latest one for me is is uh J- listen i'm gonna say the username it's it's john max 
saying, come on, dude, I need you to take a huge dump on me. <laughs> that okay. was the one that I was thinking of. <laughs> I, need, I need it. That was I the need one. It. And that's the thing is he <laughs> says, I need you to take a huge dump on me. I don't have your address or your full name, sir, but I need you <laughs> your address. <laughs> or your consent. Did and you that's do it? what he consent. said, yes. That, and, and this, I put this on Twitter. It got a bunch of likes and uh, all uh, responses. And the thing that gets me is the, the impatient, come on, dude. <laughs> like, come on, dude. <laughs> He's got to go. I need you. Oh. That's, that's, a, that's a good one right there. I mean, that's got to be an all-time top three at least. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I and I don't know understand what compels people to do. You know, and I don't know if these people are are serious or they're just being like, you know, a bunch of stupid idiots and just being like, what? What if I just like say this and you know left or something? I don't know. I don't care. But what? Are, yeah. What, are, what it, about you, Travis? Fortunately. Or maybe unfortunately, I don't know. I kind of like the one that Alex just got. That made me laugh. But, uh, <laughs> but there's also like, you know, w- w- once you hit Alex's level or, or even before that, you get a lot of the, the really weirdo people that just like to hate on things. Right. Thankfully, so far, mine are pretty sweet. Most people are pretty nice to me. But I did bring up on the um, on the Drunk Friend episode that will post this Friday, we we talked about this this topic somewhat and... I had just released a video that was unlike a lot of the other videos I've released. Basically, you know, usually I go game to game. Here's this game. Here's what it's all about. Yada yada. I decided to chance it and see if you know I could try my my comedian hat on and poke fun at some box art. It's been done before, but I thought, hey, this will be uh, this will be kind of fun. And now that I have a viewer base, I'll get some feedback on it. And yeah, within, within the first within the first ten minutes, and, and clearly, I'm trying to be funny the whole time. I'm trying my best. I'm trying to be just a funny guy and. <laughs> one of the first comments I get like within minutes of posting it was somebody said I can honestly say I didn't laugh and I was like, wow. Wow. wow isn't that, that was... awful I mean like who the hell says that like who who honestly like sits down and it was like... me <laughs> sorry Travis uh, and not, not even well, like a, not even like a raging like I'm yeah. angry at the world way it's just like here's my honest opinion this wasn't oh, funny God. and you failed <laughs> Oh man, That's it was, but such... it, but that just the dryness of that, like his delivery, actually made me laugh. Like, I was like wow, <laughs> that, that was so cool. And but then the 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 part that didn't make it any better, I think what made it worse was somebody tried to defend me by saying like, "Hey, you know what? I didn't laugh either, but maybe we weren't supposed to." He pointed out <laughs> oh. about the art, and I was like, "All right, oh. I'm right here, clearly, oh, I'm be funny." For ten minutes, I tried to be funny. What the hell? So, oh, man. Just witnessed a murder. I know. I've, I would slay it. There's a chalk outline of me somewhere on YouTube. But... Virtual hug. Virtual hug. Yeah, or yeah. Six six oh, feet apart hug. But I, you know, that's to me. That's it's funny. It's funny because you know mo- most of the comments were great. I didn't take it to heart. I didn't cry about it for very long. But it was um, definitely one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, so people sometimes are painfully honest, and that's okay. YouTube, Ouch. especially, is pretty brutal in the comments. Yeah. Everybody knows Absolutely. that. Absolutely. It's like a challenge of some kind. It really is. It's like Ninja Warrior challenge of, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> socialness or something. I don't know. It's just, it's, when I saw that on Trav's channel, I was just like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> I've been there, man. Like, I've been yeah, there. It was fun. It's just, Good times. Oh. That's so hard. My, I'm so sorry. My favorite cover, by the way, on that episode was the one I forgot what the name of the game is, but it was 
it was like four superheroes on the front that all oh, yeah, look flying warriors. Yeah, they all, <laughs> that's my favorite too. <laughs> it looks like they got their outfits on Amazon, and they're almost all exactly the same. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, was a good, was good one. one. That was a really good one. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, let's see, Jay, Jay. I don't think you and I have gotten any like weird emails. I don't think. I don't think so. Remember, you used to read spam. I used to podcast. read spam every now and then when we didn't have anything else to read. Yeah, I vaguely <laughs> recall like the, you, it was like episode like ten through twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was like way back when when you guys were, <laughs> you guys were like, "Hey, what about this?" <laughs> yep, yeah, that was. Funny. No, I don't think we've got anything weird. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think that, no, I think that's not about really it. no. Um. Chase says, and that's it for me, gentlemen. Thanks, as always, for this great little section of your show and for all that you do. Cheers, and don't worry about the mess. That's what I'm paid for. Chase the Night Cleaner. Nice. Thanks, Chase. Thank you, Chase. Chase. All right, one more. This one's from Jonathan, and this is uh, also uh, same as with Chase. Jonathan's entire email was dedicated solely to you guys. So uh, this is the whole thing from Jonathan. He says, hey, everyone, I hope you're all doing well. Don't worry. I didn't count anyone's likes this time. Although, if you'd like to hear who says the word like more between Alex and Rob from episode 8 of Drunk Friend, simply listen to episode number 145 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. That was the one where Jonathan wrote in and told us who said like more between me and Alex. Oh my god, it's a riddle. I know. Uh, I'm going to blindly guess Rob. It was Alex, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Isn't that, isn't that something? Isn't that something? That's impressive. Man, I usually edit your likes out. That must be one you're, one, one that you edited. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait a second. Is this another YouTube comment section? <laughs> That's it. This is a huge, like, mind-unraveling section right here. Okay. Jonathan right. says, okay, Jay, okay, Jay, Rob, go ahead and take a breather. I'm going all in on your guests today. SNES Drunk and Nest Friend have won me over as a lifetime podcast listener. Wow. I wanted to binge your all 16 episodes over the weekend, but only made it to episode six. Still, each Uh episode was packed to the brim with great content that kept me highly engaged. I really enjoyed listening to the different personalities you would host. Uh, per, uh, previously, I followed the two scared Alexes, aka Snes Drunk and Daria plays, not the Russian one. I don't understand any part of those two sentences. I think I missed those episodes. Maybe uh, I don't know either. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but now Travis, Dan, and Pam are on my radar too. I've always enjoyed it when Jay and Rob have guests on, so I'm really enjoying the format of your show. All right, down to business. Travis, I'm ready to throw down with you and you know Uh-oh. with you and you know who. I was the burger champ in my younger <gasps> years. Oh Whoa. man. We there had we a go. we had a competition at Crystal Burgers where I love how he calls it Crystal Burgers. Is it's just called Crystal, right? The restaurant is is not called Crystal Burgers. I yeah, believe. it's near the Walmarts. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Uh, sorry, that was just that. That was very minor nitpick. Uh, I just, it just <laughs> for some reason, just tickled me a little bit to hear it called that. Uh, we had a competition at Crystal Burgers where I demolished twenty of them in four minutes. I think I could do that. Ooh. I found that by dunking them in water first. Oh, of course, 
it helps you go it helps them it helps you get them down faster. I'm sure I'll get to hear about it in future episodes, but did you ever meet up and decide the champ? I don't I think I missed this episode as well, Travis. Can you give us the backstory on what exactly the hell he's talking about? So yeah, I love so, that this is a thing. It's so great. I love yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So Burger Champ actually he he now comments <laughs> on my uh on on my YouTube videos okay. and he's he's starting to ruffle some feathers over there too. He's really he's he's peacocking <laughs> all this burger championness. Um I but he he was a he, he's first first foremost he followed Alex. So he's he's definitely uh snatched drunk first and then he came over through drunk friend and we were reading some emails and his yeah. name is Burger Champ on Patreon <laughs> and I was like current Burger Champ. I mean has he ever been disputed? And it started started to to start like maybe a bit of a WWF uh, WWE promo. Like hey, maybe maybe I could be Burger Champ if I ate more burgers than this guy. So it turns out that he actually lives not far from me. Um unfortunately though, we started the podcast during the pandemic, so we can't just get together and eat in a restaurant. So we're we're now training so oh, I'm, okay. downing nice. a few, yeah, I'm downing a few burgers a week, uh, really trying to stretch oh, the muscles week. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow. Know, I gotta, I, you know, I gotta think about I don't, what if this pandemic doesn't end and I'm just scarfing down burgers. Every I know, day? right? <laughs> I gotta really, I gotta balance. So, you know, I, I'm trying to, you know, make sure that like, okay, I still got it. Like when when we have a couple burgers at dinner, I, you know, I'll get you know, six or seven down. I'm like, still got it. My wife looks on in horror, but I'm like, listen, it's for a thing. I tell her it's for a thing. She understands. So, uh, um, when, once this all lifts, we're, we plan to get together, meet, maybe, you know, try to video it, make, make it kind of fun, make a video and see if, if I can unseat him as <laughs> burger champ by eating more burgers than him. Don't know what kind of burgers, you know, we haven't set all that in stone yet. That might be something kind of maybe a poll of some sort. Maybe we ask folks what they think we should do. But uh, he's definitely on my radar. He's going down. I will be the next Burger Champ, 100%. It will happen. I'm glad you made sure you, wow. you said he was going down. He's going down. 100%. I like this. Oh, he's got to be clear. He'll have to change his name <laughs> online. It'll have to be like ex-Burger Champ or Burger Runner Up or something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm drawn in. You, you got great. me pulled in now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, Jonathan says, Alex, I was really enjoying watching you play and listen to your commentary of Chrono Trigger of your Chrono Trigger Let's Play, even if it did get more somber as it went. Why did you stop oh, publishing the videos? Why did I stop? Because I'm not very good at LPs. <laughs> That's yeah. basically it. I'm just not an LP guy. I'm really not. I'm more of a scripted guy. I'm more of a like sit down and play a game and, and jot down notes and kind of you know write what i think about a game kind of a guy that's just how i am uh some people can you know live stream their own thoughts about stuff as they play it and i'm not one of those people at all i've never been one of those people i i admire those people because i can never be, i can never be like that uh no i'm i i need to like sit and think and stew about things for a while so I'm just not very good at uh, live streaming, um, and I'm I've always been really uncomfortable with it. And I know it's uh, been somewhat popular, you know, with uh, just uh, you know uh, the, the Chrono Trigger thing in in particular. I got up to I think part ten. I I got up to uh, Giga Gaia. I think it was nearly halfway point, more than halfway point, 
of the game. And um, I had some big plans for that and they just kind of fell apart. And it's just, that's just how it goes sometimes. And whatever, that's fine. That's just how it goes. And yeah. All right, fine. Cool. <laughs> you know, I just got to, I just got to move on and just, you know, I, I like to stick, stick to what I'm good at. So there you go. All right. Um, Jonathan says, I thought it interesting that Alex complained about when others go back to his very first videos when they check him out. Crazy because I skipped all of Console Wars, Dan's more recent videos and went back to his very first one before I had even listened to your gripe. I'm not entirely sure why I did, but I'd like to think that I get the best feeling for someone's intent and effort with stuff from the beginning. But I understand being annoyed when there's better stuff out there. Does YouTube have a creator's choice or something where you guys can highlight your best work? I'm not sure I understand the question there. Is that uh, is I mean, if I had to pick my best stuff that I made, it's the Earthbound video because I spent the most time on it. Uh, But other than that, it's like just, you know, there's a ton of videos you can pick from. You can just watch whatever you want. Like, that's the that's the idea. Like, right. Right. They're supposed to be the same. So I don't know. I don't know. I think, what the... I, think I kind of get it. Like you, you can't really. I, I don't think there's unless you like made a, a special playlist that was like, this is my good shit. Like unless you named it that mm. and put it somewhere, <laughs> you know, your most popular videos are always going to be, you know, maybe a lot of your oldest or maybe ones that don't represent oh. your channel. They were just like, hey, look at this funny box art. And then one guy's like, I didn't laugh at that. But like <laughs> it's popular. <laughs> that might be your most popular video, but it doesn't really like represent your channel. So maybe yeah. he's asking like if you could put like your your featured like these are the ones you want people to say like this. This is my channel. They might have, you know, not as many views or, you know, so so okay. everything else. Um and no, there's no way to do that unless you again made a playlist and just titled it. You right. know, look, look here first. Um, that's, a, that's definitely that's, a, that's definitely yeah. a YouTube thing. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a, a YouTube thing for sure. Um, no, that's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a really good answer to that. To be honest with you, it's just. Um, yeah, I I can't. Pre- I guess it's it's one of those things where it's like I can't predict what the larger what big brother's gonna tell me <laughs> i guess is the big thing i i can't predict what they're gonna tell you is gonna watch and i don't know like what my stuff is going to tell you to watch and to you know push all that stuff into one particular playlist i don't know what that's gonna be it could be something different for everybody but for me you know if I were to like pick out something for me personally, it's going to be my, uh, you know, more labored stuff like Earthbound that uh, I spent a lot of time on. And it's that kind of stuff that's just like, yeah, it's put it down on on pa- on pavement, like like my dad like to likes to say and put it uh, leave it there and. Let it dry out in the sun, and there it is <laughs> for everybody to see. <laughs> Your so, dad yeah. has a lot of really long sayings. <laughs> Put it a, out and lay it out and set it in the sun. And he's a you know what they say. Guy. <laughs> he, he's not the most simple guy for sure. Yeah. Jonathan says, I enjoyed listening to your answers on which on which game deserves a remake. I would love to see a Dark Cloud remake. 
Definitely the first yeah, yeah. one. Ooh, I would love that. That or maybe a third entry on modern systems. Thoughts? Dude, I... Oh my god, dude! This is, this is my question. This is my question. A third dark cloud. Oh, oh gotcha. did they did they write this in thinking of me? Dark cloud is like my favorite game yes. ever. It's it's basically three D Soul Blazer. It's 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 tits. Can I say that on here? It's awesome. Go for it. Say whatever you want. Oh, it's tits. Um, <laughs> I mean, it basically, if you've played Soul Blazer for the NES, you've you've basically played two D Dark Cloud. But I have been pining and somewhat comically. But very strongly for a third one, like that's my friends sort of, you know, whenever there was when E3s used to be a thing, if you can remember, um, my friends used to be like, hey, man, you going to watch the, the Sony thing? Maybe they'll drop a Dark Cloud 3. I'm like, stop it. <laughs> you're, picking, you're picking on me. But sure enough, when level five was going through their list of games, I was like, come on, is this the year Are we doing this? And it's not <laughs> happened for like 18 years. There's not been a Dark Cloud. They 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 put the Dark Cloud one and two on the the PS um, whatever that service was where you could play like old school games on the, on your PlayStation four. And I thought, Oh, this is it. They're priming people. They're getting them into one and two so they can drop three on us. This is going to be a good year. And 2016 was not a great year. So it's been a while and they've not come out with it. I don't think it's going to happen, but that would be my choice. Like if I could pick up, you know, I don't know where this question was going to go. I kind of interrupted it, but if, if, there's another game from level five that's not Nino Cooney or whatever, or what is it? Um, Pokai Watch or whatever. Please make a Dark Cloud 3. I'll I'll do whatever you want me to do. You heard it here. <laughs> He'll do whatever. whatever I'll do whatever. <laughs> oh, no. Point to it. Name it. I don't care. <laughs> Jonathan says, all of you guys are awesome for the amount of work and dedication you put into creating content for us. Thank you for everything. Big John is, is what he signs it as. Ooh. Big John McCarthy? Man, Big John. I don't know Big John. So this that's interesting that he would just randomly choose the game that I dream about every night. That's cool. Thank you, Big John. I love you. Thank you, Big John. And uh we uh we actually just got an email from our listener Jeffrey, who says Uh-oh. uh I don't have anything I know that guy. He says, I don't have anything relevant to write in about. Just wanted to thank Alex and Travis for stopping by and hope they have a good rest of their day. Wow. Aww. Cool guy. Does that make up for the YouTube comment? <laughs> <laughs> Plus one, no. minus one. The answer is no. Oh. You should go to it. <laughs> it's like the, <laughs> the Samuel Jackson comment in, uh, what is it, a Time to Kill? You should go to hell, and you go to hell, and you die. Or... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's South Park. I'm yeah, sorry. I thought that was South Park, yeah. <laughs> Got those mixed up. What's the one? Oh, what's the one? I think it's Samuel Jackson where he says, yeah, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn yeah. in hell. Is that it? That's what I got. Okay. I got messed up for right there. Yeah, that's it. Yes, they deserve to die, and they deserve to burn in hell. Yeah, that's that's it. I got them mixed up. All right, yeah. we will... got my got my got my stuff mixed up. Sorry. That's cool. We will get to the rest <laughs> of the of the emails. There, there's an email from from Will C. Will, we have not gotten yours. We have not forgotten yours. We will get to it at the end of the episode, and uh, a little bit of. Uh, of a few of these other people's the parts that I left out will get to the will get to you at the end of the episode as well. But let's move on. So it looks like we got maybe about fifteen or twenty minutes before uh, Travis is going to have to head out. So let's I do. I can go a little longer. I'll go a little longer. But yeah, it's uh, we can go a little not, longer. Not quite another three hours. But yeah, I can go. I can go a little longer. Okay. So tell me. Wh- all right. Tell me what you would prefer, Travis. Uh, I think what we'll do is. Maybe let you talk about the game that you've played that you have to talk about this episode, and then we'll jump into top fives, and we'll all kind of do that. 
Then after we're done, we'll let you go and we'll come back and talk about me, Jay, and Alex's games. Um, would you like, well, however, one of us to talk about our game first so you can kind of get a feel for it, or do you want, or do you, do you feel comfortable just jumping in and talking about what you played? Uh, I mean, I can, I mean, I can talk about Snake Rattle and Roll if Let's we want to hear it. about it. Talk about Snake Rattle and Roll. Nice. What? Yeah, I've been plugging around on that old girl, and, and this is an NES. This is an NES game, right? It's an NES game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe I should have let someone else go first. How much detail you want here? No, but yeah, just, I, uh, yeah. Go, go for it. You got it. <laughs> no, I, I owned this game as a kid, and uh, it was one that my brother had, and he, and he was much older than me. He pawned all of his old games off on me. This was one in the stack, and I remember playing that first level over and over as a kid, and just loving it. Music was good. It's that isometric 3D. You're just a couple old snakes, and you're you know, as a kid growing up, I thought you were getting uh, eggs, but it's actually called nibbly pibblies. They shoot out of these things. You got to get these nibbly pibblies. Makes your snake longer. Everybody knows that. So yeah, oh yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's an age good, old it's tale. For, yeah, they're good for <laughs> it's good for your snake. So obviously, um, and I think you know, as a kid, and and again, being under the age of ten, I, I don't know that I ever made it out of that first level. I don't know that I I understood what was happening. I just thought it was fun. It was a three D game. I didn't. I don't think I owned another one. I think that was it. So just moving around in isometric space with my snake, even though it was that one level, I must have done that for hours looking <laughs> back on it and, and loved it. I have very fond memories of this game as a kid. And again, I said the music was good, very colorful, bright. And I, you know, for, you know, whatever, 30 years later, 25 years later, I pick it back up and it come. you know, I choose all my games for Nest friend on a randomizer. You know, tell me what you want me to do. And this game comes up and I get so excited. I'm like, oh, I've been looking forward to this. I love this game as a kid. It's going to be great. And uh, pop it in, get it going, get through the first level, no problem. And then, um, you know, second level, a little bit more difficult. By the time I get to the third or fourth level, this is the hardest game I think I've ever played. It's <laughs> it's so difficult. Um, the, the isometric 3D part is like, it, it might be the most uh, tedious maneuvering of a 3d space i've ever experienced that's the controls are bad and not that really anything's bad it's just like it's purposefully arcadey and difficult to a point that sucks the soul right out of me it doesn't stop me from enjoying it completely again very colorful the music just i mean it bops in 1950s terms it's it's ripping off shake rattle and roll obviously but (laughs) it's bopping uh i won't say it i won't say it slaps it's definitely a bopper but it's good (laughs) It's good. I, I think it's still a great game, but it definitely takes a very highly skilled individual to get toward the end of the 10-level campaign that is this uh, isometric platforming 3D, I'll go ahead and say nightmare. But um, <laughs> if you're just if you're under the age of 10 and you don't know any better, that first stage is great. So what is it, like, what are you doing? What's the goal of the game? How, how, how are you meant to progress? Yeah, so that's a good point. So, um it doesn't really spell this out, but there are, again, these things called nibbly pibblies. They're shooting out of something. I don't even know what this contraption is, but it's shooting out these egg-like things that will bounce around. And as the snake, you take your tongue, you got to eat them. If you get enough, if you get, you know, make your snake big enough, you can go over to a scale. And if you're, if you're long enough, it'll open the door. If it's not, it's like, hey, go back and eat more nibbly pibblies. It's a little difficult to do because there's enemies and stuff. You know, like you, if you get hit, you'll lose all your nibbly pibblies. Your snake gets shorter. But uh, what you want to do is, is not have that happen. Get enough nibbly-pibblies, go to the way scale, open the door, then you go to the next level. That's just the loop. But each level has something you know in the way. Uh, there's an ice level, makes everything really slick. 
There's you know, different types of enemies. There's again the platforming is is got to be the worst part. Uh, one of the biggest enemies in the game is just a, a disembodied foot that just stomps around, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Um, but it's kind of fun. So yeah, that's the whole point. Uh, w- what I learned about the story is actually that I think you're aliens you, as snakes. You're aliens, and you're trying to you have to defeat a foot to to catch a a ride back to space. If that makes any okay, sense at all, of course. Yeah, I'm not sure about that part, but yeah. So it sounds like maybe not a solid recommend on this one. That's uh, kind of the vibe I'm getting. I mean, again, I think it's really fun to look at and listen to. I think it's just tough. So if you're a better gamer than me, which I'm sure most people are, it, it might be worth your time to play around in, to be honest with you. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody casual. I'll say that. Gotcha. So did you, like, did you enjoy <laughs> It doesn't sound like it sounds like you had some nostalgia for it, but didn't super enjoy playing it this time. Is that kind of more or less? It's kind of weird, right? I I think my memories of it are still strong. Right, it's still very like the, again the music and the in the visuals are very strong and they hold up. They do, but oh, if you get past level three or four, you will invent cuss words. You will hurt something in your house. <laughs> uh, you might. You know, scare your family. I don't know, but like it does get to a point where it starts to not be as fun. Yeah. Still, still well crafted, but like hard. Uh, gotcha. So, yeah. Okay. I, I would recommend it to anyone hardcore looking for a, a difficult experience of a well-made game. I don't think there's anything about it that's that's not great. It's just difficult. Gotcha. Well, there's snake rattle and roll for you. Um, I might pass on that one. <laughs> Sounds you don't like scare your family. You know, I scare them enough in day-to-day life as it is. <laughs> he does. Uh, All I got okay. is Pearl and my two dogs. I, I don't mind scaring them. That's fine. You know, Fourth of July was just the other weekend. Aww. That's oh, fine. Yeah. I can That's scare right. it. <laughs> you know? Awesome. So there is Snake, Rattle, and Roll for NES. Now, we're going to sidestep into our top fives. Then after we get done with that, we will bid Travis adieu and continue on with the rest of our games and wrap up emails and be done. Uh, so, top fives for this episode is top five games with uh, the least fitting titles. And uh, I don't know if we really need much of an introduction. I think we can just kind of jump in. Jay, anything you think we need to say about this before we uh, roll with it? No, I think it's pretty straightforward. Okay. Um, how about, Jay, you lead us off. What is oh, the fifth least fitting title for a game that you could think of all right there's a there's a mobile or there's a i think it's a game boy ds game uh, it's a korean port and it is called touch dick um, <laughs> oh i remember this what? yeah See, we I talked about that. this before in the podcast um it's short for dictionary but the game the actual cover says touch dick dic uh... <laughs> yeah so i saw it i'm like hmm. like i was like feel like that is exactly what we're looking for here i was like i'll say this like i doubt that the game involves any form of touching somebody's penis so gotta put it on the list <laughs> that's a cl- that's a good one right there i that's that's pr- i don't know how that's not your number one actually now i'm really yeah, looking forward to the rest um if yeah. you if the rest of your four are better than that one you're just kill- i'm gonna give you a, f- a raise gold star oh a raise wait wait a minute what's what's 100 times zero We'll do the math later. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, how about Alex? You go next. What's your number five? My number five yeah. is uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors because 
you don't actually see any zombies eat anybody. They're just kind of wandering oh, around man. and just aimlessly <laughs> just, you know, just, you know, they're just there and you just shoot them. It's like, come on, I want to see some eating neighbors. And, you know, I want to, I want to, uh, live vicariously and and see some neighbors being eaten here and uh just kidding but uh <laughs> the i just want to see some neighbors being you know some people being eaten by zombies nothing none of that happens you just they just kind of aimlessly wander well, whatever maybe it's because it already happened they ate them in the past tense and now it's time to play i guess True. but yeah, maybe those what, what kind of game is left. that yeah but yeah, what kind of game is that? <laughs> it's, it's a, a lot of empty Nintendo homes you got to ransack. There, those people are dead. I mean, I, w- I would think the 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 Sega Genesis game would at least have some gore, you know, and like and like show some zombies like in the middle of like a feast of like human flesh or something. But no. Okay. Uh, next. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'll go. I'll go next. My number five is NetHack. Um, mm. and in fact. It was fitting for the time, so this one's kind of unfair, but the way that the that every part of that word has aged over the past fucking, I guess, 35 years since the game was made, uh, it, now, it now is entirely misleading. So, NetHack is one of the original roguelike games, came mm. out in the 1980s, and it was, um, well, I'm sorry... Rogue came out in the 1980s. I don't remember when exactly NetHack came out, but um, the game it's based off of is called Hack because it was a basic hack and slash roguelike. NetHack was the was the version of this game that was available on the net, hence the name NetHack. But of course, it sounds like a like a hacker game now, right? Like you're hacking computers or something on the internet. That's what it. That's what it sounds like, the way that uh, language and technology has evolved. So again, this one was a little bit different. It's not the game's fault, but just the way that it is aged, it sounds nothing like what you'd expect it from me, just from looking at the name NetHack. Travis, what's your number five? David Crane's Amazing Tennis. It's not not that good. (laughs) Super Nintendo! It's just that, I think. Very you don't good. Think it's amazing. Come on. Nah, I don't. I don't think it's quite amazing. You know. Sorry, David. <laughs> I think it's just I. He's one of our listeners. No, David. Your YouTube comments. <laughs> Crane, like some kind of like famous, like some kind of famous something or other, uh, game designer yeah. of some kind. I I remember reading about him in the past, and he was like, "Oh, all right, it's David Crane. I I deserve to put my name on other stuff." And it's like, no, nah, you can put your name on a tennis game. Nobody cares. Watch. I, I poked fun of that at uh, in the uh, A Boy and His Bob video because it's David Crane's A Boy and His Bob. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> Oh, that, I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Amazing Tennis. I'm like, come on, man. So it's all right. Come on. <laughs> it's, it's not amazing. Let's be honest. <laughs> okay, Jay, what's your number four? Uh, my number four is what are we going with? Um... Oh, okay. Uh, number four is going to be Chocobo's Dungeon. Um, so the actual title of the game is Chocobo's with an apostrophe showing ownership, and the Chocobo doesn't own the dungeon. He's just exploring the dungeon. <laughs> so that just that seems like bullshit to me. <laughs> it's completely misleading, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All right. 
Uh, Alex, number four. My number four is Spanky's Quest. Nice. And mm. it's a Super Nintendo game, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, I think it's just a bad title. I think it's just <laughs> it's just a Wait a minute. Is the game so, you just want, so, it, so it's not think, that it actually works on this list. You just have something against the title and you want to get it out there. I think it's a good game. I really do. Ooh. It's it's a perfectly okay arcade style game that's like, okay, we need to keep this thing afloat. We need to like hit it a few times, et cetera, et cetera. And whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's your typical, like, you know, late eighties, early nineties, like arcade style game and it's it's fine for what it is it's just why the hell does it need to be called spanky's quest <laughs> it's just so dumb all right my wait who's me yeah okay i think it's me next my number four is phalanx and mm. this one popped in my head sort of unconsciously when i started thinking of this list because thinking you know titles that don't fit the games and what immediately popped in my head was this because the cover doesn't fit the game this is the Famous one where, of course, it's got the guy playing the banjo, the old man playing the banjo on the front, and it's a it's a shoot 'em up. But then I started thinking about it, and I was like, well, actually, the title really doesn't work either. A phalanx <laughs> is something that the Roman that the Roman army did with their shields and stuff in their formation, and uh, that's not <laughs> that doesn't have anything to do with the game either. So, uh, so this actually works. No. So. Yeah, just sounds cool. It's, exactly. it's just a cool sounding word. It just sounds cool. And speaking of just sounding cool, that one of the ones that is not on my list that but almost made it was another game that was clearly named what it is purely because it sounds cool, which is Siphon Filter. Oh yeah, what the, <laughs> what the hell does that mean? Uh, I think it was the name of a virus or a bomb. Yeah, it was like the name. Of, uh, like I actually that. looked it up. It was the name of a virus in the game or something. But yeah. I hi, but you know they were definitely working backwards on that one. They weren't like, oh, "What should this virus be?" Most logically, it needs to be called siphon filter. They were like, "No, siphon filter. That's the word we got. Let's build a game. Let's build a, a plot around that." Classic game. Yeah. Um, okay, Travis, you're number four. Uh, yeah, a game that sounds cool again. It sounds really cool. Uh, devilish, the next possession, but it's just uh, it's just Arkanoid with uh, with with darker palette. <laughs> yeah, I'm not familiar with devilish. Uh, devilish next possession, but I got I got good this. lord. Yeah, I mean, the, even the cover art looks cool. It's like a demon holding a crystal ball with like stuff shooting out of it but honestly it really is just arkanoid like you just play breakthrough or like a pinball type style of that right like um, breakout yeah yeah like breakout that's what i mean yeah yeah uh yeah yeah so not not so devilish really um a little disappointing <laughs> all right uh jay what are we on number three now yeah i think so okay number three uh my number three is tactics ogre specifically let us cling together uh, which, if you <laughs> play Tactics Ogre, that is an absolutely misleading title. Nice. All right. Um, who's next? Is Alex? Alex had to step out, I think, for a second. I'm not sure if he's made he it back did. yet. So we will. Oh, his mic open. I think he's uh, walking I see in. Him, I see him blinking. Is he in danger? Blink twice if you need help, Alex. Okay, he's not in. He doesn't need danger, but he's not back yet either. I'll go for my number. <laughs> I'll go with my number three. Um, my number three is Donkey Kong. Uh, 
Uh, for, oh, for, yeah, damn. For obvious reasons. I didn't think of it right away, but once I did think of it, I was like, oh, yeah, shit. Uh, that's, that's, uh, I, you know, obviously the title is, uh, I think it catches everybody off guard the first time you ever hear it. And then everybody sort of just got used to it and we agreed to never, to never talk about how strange it is. But, um, it's yeah. a good point. Yeah. I kind of want Donkey Kong Country to just to be him, like, working a farm. You know? <laughs> I play that. Like, he is, like, just a really bad accent, even for a gorilla. That'd be funny. Or what about him leading a nation, Donkey Kong Country? Whoa. Oh, yeah. There it is. He's president. That'd be cool. <laughs> it would be cool. I wouldn't complain here, honestly. <laughs> uh, Alex, what do you have for, what's your number three? Okay, my number three is Ninja Baseball Batman. Oh, of course. Yeah, and it's an arcade game. And Batman, unfortunately, is two words. It's Batman. <laughs> and w- when you read the word Ninja Baseball Batman, you expect Batman to be involved somehow? No. Yeah, that's true. There's ninjas involved. There's baseball, and there's definitely baseball involved. Holy crap! There's tons of baseball involved. It's one of the most baseball games to ever baseball in baseball land. But uh, it it will baseball you to death. But uh, there's no Batman. No, and there's, there's baseball very, bats, and that's it. Yeah, there's baseball bats, and there's men, but there's no baseball. You know, there, there's no Batman. There's no Michael Keaton. There's not even a Val Kilmer to be found. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah, I mean, or uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Freaking uh, George Clooney. But, Keep uh, going. There's no. more. Keep going. <laughs> Adam West. Adam West, yes. There's no Adam West either. Um, no, it's uh, it, it's still a great game. Don't get me wrong. It's it's really it's a really superbly fun uh, beat-em-up because it's so absurd and over-the-top and just stupid and it, it, it captures everything about like early '90s arcade games. That's like really silly and ridiculous. But when when you read the title Ninja Baseball Batman, it's like oh okay, it's like a sensory overload right there. But no, it's not Batman. It's just Batman. So it should have been named Baseball Bat Ninjas. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That that you nailed it. Baseball Bat Ninjas would have been a better title. That actually it, yeah. sounds better to me. It does. Yeah. I don't know. I think Ninja Baseball Batman sounds pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no if it had Batman. Okay. Uh, who am I? I think I'm next. No. No, you. That no, was Travis. Travis is number yeah. three. Uh, it's a game I don't really know much about, but the title is called uh, Blam Machine Head. And it's uh, PlayStation, Sega, Saturn. And I just found this by way of researching this very topic for this very podcast. So I'm not oh, really? familiar with it. But there is, the cover is a guy riding like a, a really it up. big jet moto type uh, machine. <laughs> and it's supposed to be like an FPS style. I don't know, probably akin to like Cybermorph or something. But uh, it looks terrible and it sounds terrible. And I'm actually probably going to get it. It's called Blam Machine Head. Probably no Machine Head, the, like the band, um, or anything like that. So it's probably not even good. But um, but yeah, every weird. screenshot looks exactly the same. Yeah, it's like yeah. every single thing he's you're, shows you're doing the game. You're just apparently driving on lava for the entirety of the game. It's a very red hued game. Yeah, it's strange. 
That's a good it's name, funny, though. It's funny you bring up the, the band Machine Head because I remember when I was in high school, I really liked the band Machine Head. And then they came up with the, they came out with the album. It was something to do with Red. Oh, God, I got to look it up now. Um, and everybody hated it. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it was like Machine Head something Red. And I, I, I hope it makes me think this game has something to do with it. Uh, the, the burning. Oh, red. the burning red is what they came out with back in '97. And could have been inspired by burning red. I wasn't a big yeah. Machine Head fan. I was like, okay, all right, this band is. I, I, they they went the way of Metallica. Load like I'm done <laughs> with this. All right, I, you know there was the band of Bush. They had the song Machine Head. Yeah, Bush had the song. Oh, yeah, that was a good song. Great song. They're still played in hockey arenas Stuck in my across head the now. world. They still play. <laughs> 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 it's because we don't want to get copyright strikes. Uh, oh yeah, I know, right? <laughs> exactly. Jay, what's your number two worst ti- or most unfittingly titled game? Number two, I've actually never played this game, but I found it specifically for this. It's called Gumshoe. Um, it was for regular Nintendo. It was one of the games used the, uh, what is the the gun that was for the regular Nintendo called? Just the Zapper. The Zapper. Yeah, yeah. it's the Zapper. And you would apparently you would shoot it at the, the character's feet to make him jump. Um, yeah. And you could also shoot objects as well to, to reload, I guess. But like the name Gumshoe, like, have oh, any... ever... it's one word too, which makes literally no sense. What well, means detective? Oh, really? Yeah, you don't know that? No, actually, I didn't know that. What does that originate from? No, but does, does this game... Ha- I have no idea, but does this game have anything to do with detectives? I don't think so. Let me- so it still works. I, well, I think the character is a detective, but um, oh, really? I, I, I don't think Gumshoe... I agree, I don't think Gumshoe's a great name for a video game. Yeah, if you're going to name it Gumshoe, that's that's a terrible title. I don't know how you... Seriously, like just look at the box art. This doesn't scream detective to me. Where is it? Absolutely! Oh god, that guy that's looks like classic. he's a detective for sure. That guy looks like Dick Tracy, yeah. like smashed down though. <laughs> oh yeah, it says an ex-FBI agent turned detective. You're right. I've never heard that terminology before. That's cool. Yeah, he looks like he's found that old fighting like a cardboard gum- cutout of Bowser. Yeah, right. <laughs> Gumshoe is that old of a game to warrant like a black box? Eighty-eight. Yeah, eighty-eight, and we're still doing those that style of. Wow, that's surprising. I, I did not know that. That's crazy. Interesting. Yeah, I think for the NES, uh, I guess, developed games, that was the case. Huh, okay. But it, that's good but it, it came out in 86 in North America, 88 in Europe, so maybe that's the difference. Oh, okay. oh yeah. that makes sense. All right, Alex, what's your number two? My number two is Scat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. Good call. And it's an NES game, and the acronym is SCAT. And oh, no. that's, that stands for Special Cybernetic Attack Team. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, that's what it's anybody. That's awesome. <laughs> the thing is, though, is that it's a it's it's actually like a good game. It's like a oh, kind of a, a cheap ripoff of forbidden worlds which uh capcom did mm-hmm. where it's like you're a guy floating you know it's it's like a uh shoot 'em up type game and 
yeah, it's it's not bad. It's fine for what it is. It's not like a must play or anything for sure, but it's definitely a ripoff of something better. But yeah, it's it's definitely a horrible title. The the cover art is pretty nice. It's pretty killer. Yeah, but it's scat. <laughs> it looks like I don't know. It looks like a vaguely famous person that I can't quite put my finger on, hmm. wearing okay, wearing eighties futuristic armor. Oh, you're you're okay. Yeah, just, oh, just no, his you're, torso you're, though. He doesn't have le- like legs. Yeah, well, I think like he's flying so fast that his legs are flung up behind oh. him. Gotcha. And he's got a, the giant shoulder pads. And kind of a phallic gun. I uh, mean, he, he kind of looks like Michael Bane from, you know, Terminator and Aliens. Maybe so. Kind of, yeah. A little bit, but... Uh, I mean, the headband is what does <laughs> it. But, yeah. Yeah. If you weren't fighting off waves of aliens wearing a red headband in the 80s, what were you even doing? <laughs> were you? has got a point. Yeah, exactly. Man's got a point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Side uh, side note here. Here's a... Um, I just stumbled Uh-oh. across when I was looking at the cover for that. Something else popped up Uh-oh. for a game called Action in New York. Oh, that's the same game. Oh, it's the same game. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah this is the European version of the same game. Yes. Look at exactly, the yeah. box art for the European version of this. Uh, I don't know if it's, you might have to click on that, but. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that guy's face. <laughs> this guy's face, yeah. He's like yelling in a robot's face, and that's what the whole cover is. The robot's yelling too, you just can't tell. <laughs> He's like, hey, Siri. That's like daft punk type stuff right there. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, it is actually. Holy crap. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's good. That's really funny. And then the the game had another game. Uh, here, let me share this. This game had another uh, what do you call it? Uh, name in uh, Japan called Final Mission. Oops, is that? Oh, that's cool? badass. Yeah, that, that bad looks ass. really cool. And it's got like what's his name from Akira or from uh, not Akira. Yu Hakusho? It kind of looks like Tagoro to me. It does look like Yu Hakusho, yeah. It, and then you've got uh, the dude with the giant gun, yeah. Oh, that's a gun? Jesus. I thought it was a baseball bat or something. <laughs> like a metal club. Might as well be. I was going to say, it doesn't mean his hands. It, doesn't <laughs> it, it doubles as that. Okay, uh, my number two. That's what we're on, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My number two is beyond good and evil. Um, partly because it doesn't have anything to do with the game, and also just because it's so damn <laughs> presumptuous. Yeah, I was going to say. Kind of pretentious. pretentious. Yeah, That's exactly. what I was hoping this list would be. It was just to be like, uh, this isn't beyond good and evil at all. Exactly. It doesn't have anything to do with the, the game. Like you, th- I mean, this... You know, obviously the references to the Nietzsche... Uh, work here. Oh, that's funny. And so you think it's so based on that, you think it would be somewhat philosophical, or at least touch on the ideas of you know, does good and evil really exist, and all this kind of stuff. No, it's just uh, it's very, very, very clear who the bad guys are, and that you are the good guy, and that you're just trying to beat the bad guys in this game. They just wanted to put a cool title on it, and uh, that one gets my derision uh, because of that. <laughs> it's like they they completely cheated. It doesn't have anything to do with it. They're, they're like they're just slapping it. it on there. <laughs> this one I I have I have personal uh, vendetta against. I think that's really funny. Uh, Travis, <laughs> you remember? A- huh? 
Oh, I'm sorry. You're we're up to Trav's number we're two. We're up to Trav's number two. Uh, pop full mail. That's hey, a good wait one. A second, I love that game. Yeah, what is that? Bubble wrap? Isn't that pop full mail? <laughs> <laughs> good one. Yeah, I don't know. I love I, it. I, That's great. I, I do want to play that game though. It's on my list. It's on my get list, but I mean, it's expensive. But, it's supposed uh, to be really good. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard it's good, but the name I've always been kind of curious. I know it probably has something to do with something I'm not aware of, but bubble wrap. Apparently, the full name is <laughs> Popful oh, Mail <laughs> Magical Fantasy Adventure. It's a Sega CD game, uh, or at least that's how it was localized. Yeah, or, right, right, right. And it was. I really liked it. It was one of the. Oh, what is that company's name? I'm never. I'm so bad with names, but it was. Um, one of those like quirky, oh, it's almost like way forward, but not quite, you know, one of those like progressive uh, to what do you call it? Uh, development studios that uh, were uh, localizing games back then. And Popful Mail was one of them. And they were super accurate with it. They were really good with translating the game when it came over. What the hell was there? Oh, working designs. That's what it was. They did a whole bunch of stuff, um, and they, they're they infamous for putting their own spin on stuff because they, they're they kind of controversial because they're like, okay, we, we put like extra swear words into stuff, or we put like extra jokes, or we played a little too much with the translation, or we, you know... People, people get mad at that kind of stuff where it's like, oh, that's not a completely accurate translation or that sort of stuff. I, I, I had fun with it. And uh, what's her name? I always reference her <laughs> every every podcast go. And I I reference Hungry Garaya. She's great. She's on. Um, yeah, she's good. Uh, yeah, she's on uh, Twitch. Uh, yeah, she's uh, one of the people that's uh, done a review of this that I reference all the time. So, yeah, I, I really like this game. Cool. Apparently, there's a character in it named Nuts Cracker. <laughs> oh no! I don't know. Uh, um. Okay, we're back. We're down to our number ones now. Let's wrap this up so so Travis can get to sleep. Um, <laughs> Jay, what's your number one? My number one is Tetris Attack. Uh, I played a lot of Tetris growing up, and oh, I remember when I started seeing the box for Tetris Attack, I was like, "Oh shit! Like, what is is this going to be? Like something a little bit more, like a little more action oriented?" It's like no, it's just like it's like there's some more elements to it, but it's still Tetris. Kind of kind of misleading and disappointing at the that same time. That is the best answer that I had not thought of. One hundred percent, Tetris Attack wins this whole thing you by it, far. I that I wish I'd thought of that. That is my I, oh my god. I I want to change all my answers to one through five Tetris Attack for sure. Yeah. <laughs> when did this because come out? What's 90, that? 95 okay sorry i just wonder when it came out yeah like 95 and it, it has nothing to do with tetris or attacking it's just a puzzle game <laughs> it's perfect that is a good one um i'm not too familiar I, i'm familiar with the name but i've never actually looked into what the actual game uh, i just remember is. the box art i remember the box art, i'm like wow i wonder what this is like and then i look at yeah. the back i'm like oh it's just tetris it's not not even it's just it, the only thing it has to do with Tetris is just three piece, you know, three squares at a time, and there's no Tetris pieces in it at all. And I was so disappointed. But when I played it, I was like, "Whoa, this is 
still kind of cool. Like, hey, this is kind of neat. So, but it it's not Tetris, and you're not attacking anything, but it's still kind of cool. <laughs> it's like, okay, fine. <laughs> All right, uh, Alex, you're number one. Well, I mean, if this hasn't been mentioned yet, uh, Lee Trevino's fighting golf. I mean, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I left mine off of my. I left that off of my list because I thought it was going to be on yours. It's your your Lee Trevino. You're fighting, and it's golf, and you're not fighting. And <laughs> is there is at least it, golf? There's golf. Is, I think. I think there is. Yeah. I mean, there's something resembling golf. There's something resembling <laughs> Lee Trevino. Uh, this is but... the golf game that this is the NES golf game that has upskirts. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you would know that. Rob to know that. Yep. <laughs> wow. No, I yeah, because but... I had this game when I was uh, little, and so that Uh-oh. left a, that left a strong impression on me. Apparently, Uh-oh. I'll never. Yeah, I'll bet it did. <laughs> but no, the thing is though, is that this is the game that that inspired the unbelievably hilarious uh, Simpsons gag of uh lee carvalho's uh <laughs> what was it is was it even fighting golf i think it was just lee carvalho's I, golf i only halfway remember it but i do remember something but it was it was like it was, the, was that it oh Maybe golf so fighting yeah, i think it was lee carvalho's was putting challenge i think putting so. challenge that's what it was yeah. thank you um <laughs> and it was just him like on a <laughs> with a golf ball and a green like would you like to play? <laughs> like would you like to like which go- which club would you like to select and it's like Bart always selects like driver like <laughs> the game selects putter no you select driver and <laughs> you select driver and it launches over to you've landed in parking lot <laughs> just absurd you know like Trav just uh, put the what do you call it? the cover art in uh, the link in the. Would you if like you to click play that again? link? It, it actually does have a quote from the the show, and you almost got it word for word, Alex. Wow! So yeah. yeah, yeah. Now she's a club. You have chosen a three wood. <laughs> I suggest a putter. <laughs> three wood. <laughs> now suggest the force of your swing. I suggest feather touch. You have entered power drive. <laughs> That is, that is, and then it goes on to say the parking lot stuff too. Wow, you had that amazingly close to what the actual. Oh, is. I'm I'm super sloppy though because <laughs> my favorite part of it is: Would you like to play again? You have selected no. That's what That's it has too. Part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. That's a good one. Okay, uh, that was like- uh, okay. So that's not to me. I'm kind of surprised this one hasn't been said yet. This is the first one. This is the this is what instantly popped in my head when we came up with this idea. Final Fantasy. Yeah, I thought about oh, that. Oh, that's so obvious. Yeah. yeah, the least Final Fantasy that there has ever been. Oh my god, that's perfect. <laughs> Why didn't I even think of that? That's the first fantasy, you're right. <laughs> so far we've oh my had god. 15 mainline Final Fantasies plus numerous sequels and spin-offs and remakes. Uh yeah, the least Final Fantasy that has ever existed. Wow. I I don't know what to say. Yeah. 
I I can't. That's that's the perfect number one choice for sure. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, Travis, it's all down to you. Yeah, I I assumed everyone was going to take all those easy ones like Tetris Attack and Final Fantasy <laughs> and Donkey Kong. <laughs> so. My, my number one is Soul Feast, because what is that? Just like a single piece of poop? What is a Soul Feast? <laughs> soul Feast? What's the, how soul do you feast. spell it? Uh, S-O-L, and then there's a hyphen for fanciness, and then F-E-A-C-E. Got feast. it. When I, yep. tried, I tried typing soul, the word soul, and then ah. I got a website called Soul Face Apparel. Oh, no. You don't want that. You Saving want that. our ocean one shirt at a time. No, this was actually port. I think it was on the Genesis as Soul Dees. I think they changed the name for some reason. <laughs> Evidently, it meant nothing. They were like, let's just make, you know, Feast sounds a little shitty. Let's be honest. Let's put Dees in there because that's decenter. I don't know, but Soul yeah. Feast. Why? Yeah, I don't know what that's all Why? about. Why? But I just, I mean, I've already been crude, but it just reminds, it's like feces. I don't get it. One, I don't, that's my, associ- my, my word association, which is why I, I thought of it, but. I don't know. Strange guys. Sophies. That is you know, a... when I when I type in soul S O L and then a dash my, my Okay, so it's a horizontal scrolling shooter? Really? Is it yeah. am I at you didn't the right know that page? No, yeah, that's what it says. <laughs> you didn't know that. From <laughs> and I But again there's a there's a Genesis title named Soul Dece. It's just they replaced the F with the oh D. My yeah, it says God. that later renaming the game Soul Dece. Yeah, great great idea, guys. Oh yeah, that's so funny that they're like, no, Soul Dece sounds better. <laughs> great there's a boardroom somewhere where some people nodded along <laughs> with that suggestion. They're like, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, put it on the put it on the box. I don't care. I just work here at the Wolf Team. Oh my god! Does it sound like feces? Do it! Go! Let's go! Some guy. <laughs> no, no question. Table. Yeah. Uh, just one. Just one piece of feces. I just. <laughs> I'm just amazed because this game kind of looks cool in be. a certain way. Yeah. The one screenshot perception was good. It got an 89 percent from somebody there on the looking at Wikipedia. So I mean, it's it's not it's not renowned as awful. Holy crap! Oh Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm reading one of the last sentences here, and <laughs> the uh, in the reception uh, entry on Wikipedia, and it says computer and video games stated that the Sega CD version was not a total waste of money. So there you go. <laughs> right. Oh my yeah. gosh! Woo. So pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> High fives around the boardroom. Right. Oh my gosh, this is, that's amazing. I've never heard of this. That's the funniest shit ever. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> All right, well, very it's good. That's a very good. Uh, that's a great find. It's a great find. That is. Thank you, Trav. Thank you, well, Travis. Nice. Tremendous. Good find. Good. Good wrap up to this top five list. Um. So I guess with that, Travis, we will let you go on and uh. And do and, and get to bed and prepare. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. East Coast vibing over here. It's midnight, yeah, but right. I've had fun. I really enjoyed being on the show. It was it's really cool. And uh, I had I again, if if it weren't a work night, I'd stay another two or three hours talking about soul feces with you boys. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah it was tons of fun thank you for coming on uh i really we really have enjoyed it so um and um yeah i guess that i guess we will we will move on travis you're free to go and uh and thanks again oh well, actually yeah, cool, yeah. real quick anything why don't you plug all your stuff real quick before you go since you're not going to get a chance to later Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I'm on Twitter at Trav Plays Games. Of course, you can check out Drunk Friend. That's a podcast I do with Alex over here. I'm sure he'll plug that later. If you go to polykill.com, you can find uh, my other podcast, Polykill, being the one where my co host Jake and I talk about all the games we're playing and beating. It's kind of funny. Kind of funny. Uh, and Tales of the Lesser Medium, where we march through those narratives and, and make fun of the storylines. Uh, that's all there on polykill.com if you want to check those out. So, yeah, thanks, thanks for the opportunity to do that. Also, Nest Friend, of course, uh, on YouTube. Thank you again, Travis, and we will definitely do it again sometime. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, peace out, guys. All right, take care. Okay. Man, thank God that guy's out of here. Right? Jeez, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I wasn't going to say it. So let's jump backwards in time and talk about the games that we've been playing. Then Then we'll do the last couple emails that we didn't get to. Actually, it's like one and a half that we didn't get to, and we'll be done. Nice. Uh, actually, real quick, before we do that, um, mm. let's let's pick our next top five. Uh, Jay, you and I didn't really get a chance to talk about this beforehand like we usually do. One idea mm-hmm. that I came up with, tell me if this one sounds good to you and we'll just roll with it. If so, uh, classic games with the broadest appeal. Like your parents yeah, can play it. it, a five-year-old can play it, your grandparents can play it, and even, so Minecraft. even your Minecraft. dog will love it. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. No, I think it's a good one. Okay, let's just let's just roll with it then. Classic games with the broadest appeal is our next top five. Email us if you want to uh, send in your list. Mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. Now let's go back talk about the games we've been playing. Jay, um, oh, let's hear from you. What what game did you play for this episode of the Classic Gaming Podcast? Sure. Just heads up, my voice is kind of going in and out, so um, I may pause for a few minutes here, but um, I actually sort of played two games. One I'm going to talk about briefly, and the other one I'm going to, I'm going to talk about a little bit more. Uh, so my brother and I were, were looking to play, I've obviously talked about Bullfrog's Dungeon Keeper a few times on here, um, but I was doing some digging because we were trying to figure out how to play multiplayer, and we actually found two things that were kind of interesting. One, uh, there was an MMO of Dungeon Keeper. And I had no idea this ever existed. It's already gone. It, really? it went. It died out in like 2013. Yeah, it's it's nothing <laughs> like you think. It's it's like a more typical MMO. But it was just kind of surprising that they even tried to make it. Uh, the second thing is there was an expansion apparently that I, I believe somebody may have brought up in one of our emails before, but I never really looked too much into it. And it is on the gold, uh, the Dungeon Keeper Gold you can purchase from GOG called Deeper Dungeons. It's I don't know if it's fan made or if it's made by a separate publisher. But it's like extra levels you can play against the AI, and there's some extra maps you can play for for like co-op, or excuse me, not co-op for versus against other people. And I played a decent amount over the weekend. It it's pretty fun. The AI is is uh, a little bit more intelligent, and the maps are built to support how the AI kind of thinks. So it makes it a little bit more challenging, okay. which was pretty pretty solid. It was, it was a pretty fun experience. Um, and then the second game that I played is uh, N64 game, Alex, just for you, uh, Pokemon Stadium. Uh, so Pokemon Stadium came out in 1999. Um, this this is How a dare turn- you. I know, right? Um, I was going to play Pokemon Coliseum, but I went back to Stadium because I haven't played Stadium in uh, I don't even know how many years now. But Hunter and I were actually talking about it uh, pretty recently. We were, we were playing a bunch of GameCube games together, and then we were talking about how fun uh, Pokemon Coliseum and, and Stadium were. So I picked it back up. And we, were, we played a decent amount. We were just kind of talking about it in Discord. 
Um, but essentially, so this came out in 1999. I said it's an N64 game. It's a turn-based game, obviously involving Pokemon. And the general gist of it is if you originally had any Pokemon data for, I forget which, which uh, Game Boy game, you could transfer your Pokemon over to the N64 cartridge so that you could actually use your Pokemon in Pokemon Stadium, which is pretty cool. There are certain limitations to it because obviously you can't bring like a level 50 uh, or like a very high level Pokemon into some of the earlier battles, but you can still utilize if you had like a party. So the, the essential concept of the game is, is essentially you're using rental, I'm doing air quotes, but you can utilize rental Pokemon. You choose six of them and then you basically battle and you actually only use three of them in, in the actual battles, but you have six at your disposal in the event that you need to use uh, a little bit wider of a variety. So you basically draft a, a Dream Team Pokemon. Um, and so essentially, there's it, it, this is Gen 1, so you have the original. I, I don't know exactly how many are available. I know there's like 151 of Gen 1, if I'm not mistaken. But you can't use all of Gen 1. There's a lot of Pokemon available. Um, not all the evolutions are available. And there's a, a select couple Pokemon that are not available as well. And essentially, there's no story mode. You play through some cups. Um, the first cup is called... Um, I wrote it down. Where did I put with it? Pika Cup. The first one's called the Pika Cup, and essentially it's eight uh, battles where you essentially have to kill the other person. They have, they have three Pokemon, and you have to kill all three of their Pokemon um, in order to win. So you basically draft a team of six, and you want to be pretty pretty uh, spread on your elements, right? Because there's a good variety from, like, you know, you have fighting and ground and um, grass, bug, fire, ice, you know, the normal stuff, and they all have counter synergies or, or paper, rock, scissors type things uh, that you can utilize to, to try and, you know, uh, punish your opponent for for using certain types of Pokemon. Now, I will say in the Pikachu in particular, they generally use almost all of one type, which makes it pretty easy. So if they have like all grass type, well, you're like, okay, if I have a fire Pokemon, I essentially win. Um, but I will say the the things that kind of surprised me, a couple things. One is the abilities that the Pokemon have is actually pretty wide. Um, you, it's not necessarily, it's a ground type Pokemon, so it has all ground types. There's like psychic Pokemon that have lightning abilities. Um, there are a number of, I think it's fire types that have ground or fighting type moves, which is kind of interesting. So you can build a pretty diverse team. Um, one of the teams that I built was uh, Cloyster because he's super tanky, Voltorb because he's electric. Um, I also had Coughing. Who else? I had three other ones. Uh, oh, uh, Kadabra, Arcanite, or Arcanine, excuse me, and Nidoking. Nidoking was was really strong. So each of the Pokemon has stats, and then they have abilities. Um, generally, what's, what's kind of interesting is you would think that the evolutions of the highest level uh, evolutions would be the strongest ones. Generally, they have better base stats, but their abilities are a little bit weaker. They don't have the same abilities as their earlier evolutions. They're just hmm. different um, abilities, and they're not necessarily that powerful. So actually, some of the earlier stage Pokemon are, are pretty damn strong, which is kind of cool. Uh, so you basically you play your way through these different cups. You battle a variety of different trainers. Um, there are some mini games you can play. I didn't really mess around with it too much. It just didn't really interest me. That the main game was really where I spent most most of my time playing, um, which was actually pretty enjoyable. Uh, I was surprised at sort of the depth that goes into it. Um, each of the abilities you has has different damage ratios to it and has different effects to it in certain cases. There's limitations on crowd control, which is pretty cool because early on I was like, oh, if I get sleep or stun, I could basically just lock somebody down and destroy them. Uh, I did find there were some abilities that felt like they could essentially crowd control you indefinitely and just kill you over time, which was kind of rough. But uh, for the most part, it broke within a reasonable amount of time. So that, that was pretty cool. Um, some of the other things that were kind of that stuck out to me in this game, there's an announcer throughout the entire game that talks about um, when the Pokemon are coming in and out, when you win. Um, the announcer's hilarious, though. His voice is very loud, and it's it's very clear. And some of the stuff he <laughs> says is actually pretty comical at times. It, it, it's 
it's actually pretty enjoyable. Uh, the sound effects are, are there. They're not really anything special. The visuals are pretty cool. Some of the abilities actually have a really strong visual appeal to them, which was which is great. Um, music is it's whatever. It's it's nothing amazing. Um, what's interesting is this is a stadium game, but there's no there's no audience, which is kind of funny. There is, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there was some cheering going on, but there's no crowd. There's no audience, which is which is kind of weird. Um, other than that, yeah, that's essentially it. Okay, so it sounds like overall it wasn't it wasn't bad, right? No, think? it was actually it was better than I remember. Um, I, I remember renting this game a bunch of times and not really liking it too much. Like I was obsessed with Pokemon when this game came out, so I was all about it because the concept is cool, right? But uh, I was surprised this game it actually holds up pretty well together. The visuals are great. It was very hard to emulate. I will tell you that as well. Uh, this game took me a while to emulate just to try and get it right. I could kept having issues with the sound being off. And then with frame rate issues and some other things too. So um, I was really happy when I found a, a decent quality one that I could play. Damn, nice. Were, were you ex- like, did you yeah. know much about this before? Like, were you expecting it to be good? Because, or did, like, I was expecting. I played a lot. I, I played it when I was younger, a decent amount. I rented a few times. I expected it to be okay. Like, okay, like it's Pokemon, like whatever. But it was surprisingly good. It's not the you know, it's not an amazing game, but it was better than I expected. I will say. Hell yeah. Okay. Yep. That's all I got. All right. Nice. Alex, how about you? Well, I decided to take a risk and make some sort of like game of the month thing for my Patreon folk. And that was like kind of a weird thing for me because it's like, why would I have a Patreon? It's very strange for me. But um, why is that weird to have a Patreon for you? Because it's like I'm just a guy. I'm I'm just a guy that just like makes videos about video games. Like I don't I don't know. It's it's my own personal hang up, I guess. But I question um, him, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> the hell kind of question is that? I'm just kidding. I feel weird about it. I I'm never not gonna feel weird about it. But um, I decided to put out like, hey, let's all play a game together and let's all play. uh, Let's have a game of the month and let's have it be Skyblazer and let's have it be, uh, you know, just the July game of the month for the for the Patreon. And it's been fun. It's a uh, Super Nintendo action platformer and it's pretty good and it's it's one of those above average platformers you don't hear about too often when i first reviewed this game i i played it like crazy like i played it constantly it was it really made a mark on me and it was one of the first it ended up being one of the first videos i made when i one second please Hey everyone, jumping in right here for with a quick edit. Uh, apparently at this point, uh, Alex was having some a minor dog emergency situation uh, at his house that he had to go and take care of. I, my understanding is that both of the SNES dogs are, are perfectly fine, but uh, he had to uh, go deal with them. And so, uh, so he's actually gone from this point on of the podcast. Sorry about that, but that was obviously a, an unplanned situation. So uh, from this point, we'll, we'll jump back in and, and Jay and I... We'll wrap up the episode. All right. So Alex had some things to take care of, apparently. No problem. Let's, uh, Jay, let's you and me wrap this up. 
yeah. Um, all right, so... Um, you did yours. I can't even... I'm, I've completely lost... <laughs> are you that tired which, right No, now? I've just lost my train of thought. You already uh, did your I games. went to your... Yes. It's up to you you're did, going, and then we have to do our emails. You did the... Um, you talked about the Dungeon Keeper thing... Talk about Dungeon Keeper and Pokemon. Oh, the, called, uh, Pokemon, Pokemon yeah, 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 that's right. Okay. All right. The one I played, I played. Uh, so recently, this was actually the gift I got for Father's Day was the TurboGrafx 16 oh, yeah, right. Mini, and so I played a little bit of that. Uh, I've played. I'm only going to talk about one game just because this is going to be a long episode. Uh, the the one that I'm going to talk about is Ninja Spirit. So first off, actually, backing up a little bit, the TurboGrafx 16 Mini. Is a is a solid. It's not amazing, but it's a solid mini console. Which, if you're interested in the TurboGrafx 16 at all, I think it's a good. I think it's a. I think it's a fairly solid recommend. Um, it's got a lot of games, so it is a hundred bucks. So it's a little bit more expensive than than most of these, but it has 57 games. Um, roughly, I don't know the exact breakdown. Roughly half of them are English translated and the other half are just straight up Japanese games that, that aren't translated. Although some of the Japanese games, it's like themselves were originally translated for some reason. So on some of those, you can still, you know, figure out what's going on, but, but some of them are completely Japanese and you, you know, if you don't know how to speak Japanese and it's going to be a little bit rough. Um, but, uh, so lots of games, there are, a, and I had heard this beforehand, there are a ton of side-scrolling or top-down shoot-em-ups. Like, maybe over half the games are shoot-em-ups on here. So, I mean, there is a pretty good amount of variety, all things considered. There's, you know, a couple RPGs, there's plenty of action games, there's platformers, but, and there's even a couple puzzle games. Uh, there's, I have seen one strategy game as well. But the, uh, the vast majority are shmups, so just just know that going in. Um, the interface is good. It's just like you know any other good, well, well you know, well done mini console that that's been coming out recently. So that's all that all works fine. It's got save states, of course. All the games run fine and everything. One thing that I'd forgotten is the controllers, and I didn't realize how old the TurboGrafx-16 was. I thought it came out around uh, the same time or maybe a little bit after the Super Nintendo, but it actually came out apparently before the Super Nintendo. And uh, it only has two buttons, just like an NES controller. I mean, it's got the D-pad and of course, but as far as the, the face buttons and all, it's just got, it's just got the two, which I, I remembered because um, I had one of these. I remembered when I got it, but it was kind of surprising. Like, oh, they didn't, they had... <laughs> This this console didn't advance past just having two buttons on the controller, but uh, but no, it's just got the two. But overall, I think it's a solid console. Just you know, as I said, knowing that many of the games are shoot 'em ups. Uh, I played Ninja Spirit for this episode. This was my favorite game that I had for the TurboGrafx 16 when I was little, and this is a just a side-scrolling action action game. You are of course a ninja. And you are running around, jumping around, killing bad guys. You perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's perfect. You have four weapons that you get to choose from. And you can switch through them during a level. Get your basic sword. You got shurikens, which when you throw, they, they throw out in a spread pattern. So kind of one goes straight down, one goes diagonally up, and one goes diagonally down. 
And uh, then, I'm sorry, I think I said the first one goes straight down. I mean, it goes, if I said that, I mean, it goes straight forward. And then the, uh, then you have some other projectile that I'm not actually sure what it is, but it looks like a Molotov cocktail, but it doesn't cause, well, I don't think it causes flames because they all have kind of like a little, you know, flashy effect whenever you throw something or swipe your sword or whatever. It looks like a Molotov cocktail. I don't think that's what it is, but it's just another projectile and, but it, it doesn't have a, it doesn't go out in a spread pattern. It just goes in one direction, but it's a lot more powerful. And then there's a. Uh, a scythe on the end of a chain, which I have learned, I've learned is called a Kusari Gama. And that one, the kind of the advantage of using that over a sword or anything else is you can kind of, you can shoot it out or, you know, it kind of shoots out and comes back to you. But if you press the D pad, just right, you can also have it go in kind of a circular pattern and swing it around you. So it'll hit, it'll hit anybody who's, you know, anywhere around you. One uh, one cool thing is, and I don't remember this in any other kind of game of this era, particularly with ninja type games, is when you swing your sword, it actually will block any projectile that's coming at you. So you're not using it just to attack, but actually to swipe, basically swipe other projectiles out of the air. Um, now the really cool thing, so this game, you're running around, you're jumping super high. When you jump, you like jump. Your, your character, just to kind of give you a sense of scale, your character is maybe one tenth of the screen high. So your character is fairly short on the screen. But when you jump, you jump the full screen. So it really gives you the sense like, oh, I'm really jumping around. Like, what's the what's that what's that movie? Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It feels like that. Mm. Where you're like just really flying around all over the place, jumping and stuff. Fighting, to, you know, typical ninja bad guys. Mostly like other ninjas and stuff like that. Um... But what's really cool is you get power-ups as you play through a level. And what the power-ups do, you can get ultimately just up to two of them. But what they do is they add basically another ninja that just shadows you. And they don't take damage or anything, but they just do the same exact attack that you do. So you're jumping around all over the place swinging your sword and you have these two other ninjas. It's kind of like a delay of your ninja following you doing the exact same thing, following the exact same pattern, even to this, even to the extent that, say, you, you jump, and one of them you know, jumps up in the air because it shadows exactly what you do. When you land, if you stand still, then the other one stays perfectly still in the air wherever it is until you start moving, and then it kind of continues following whatever path or whatever you know, action you just did. So, especially once you get two of these shadow, sort of shadow ninjas following you around, it's really cool because you just feel like you're all over the place. You're swinging your sword. You got two other guys swinging your sword all over the place. It makes this big arc. You, you feel really powerful and invincible. And especially if you start throwing shurikens, you're just covering the whole screen with those things. The Molotov cocktails are super powerful. So, you got three of those going everywhere. Those do tons of damage. It's really lots of fun. It's It's... The levels are fairly challenging, but usually not crazily so, so it feels pretty fair. The bosses, I will say, are pretty easy. Uh, you, I remember there was this one boss that's kind of a giant, just basic-looking ninja, but he's just huge. He's a lot bigger than you are. And I remember that I used to have a lot of trouble beating him. I think he's the second boss, but... I don't. I have no idea why, because 
All you have to do against any boss is equip the Molotov cocktail things. And you can beat literally any boss in roughly 10 seconds. You just jump up and start spamming this whatever this projectile is at him. And he will usually die before he does more than one or two attacks. I, I guess I didn't realize how powerful those things were. And I think when I was little, I used to try to fight him with just the swords. And that made it harder. Because I remember being so frustrated by this boss. But uh, yeah, they're actually all very easy if you just use the Molotov cocktails against against all of them. Some of the uh, you know the level designs are pretty much what you'd expect out of a ninja game. Some of them you're in a forest. Some of them you're in kind of Japanese setting type place, and uh, it's all kind of like traditional ninja type stuff. The bad guys are you know nothing special about them. They're mostly just it's pretty much just ninjas that you're fighting against. However, the bosses are pretty cool. Um, I told you there's that one sort of giant ninja that you have to fight. There's also one that's really big and he looks almost kind of like a, he looks the best way I can think to describe him is he looks like a homeless ninja. He's wearing super ratty clothes and he's got kind of long, like unkempt hair. Uh, and, but he's huge and he's also big and he does tons of one swipe from a sword kills you. So you cannot let him hit you. And uh, so that guy was pretty cool. There was one where the boss was this banner that floats around the screen. And the banner has other ninjas kind of seems like tied to it. And they're just strapped to this banner. But they're throwing shurikens at you as the banner flies around the screen. So it was really kind of bizarre, but it was pretty cool. Um, The ending was very strange. So I will say the final level... Um, the very end of the final level, right before you get to the last boss is very, very cheap. You jump into this, you have to jump into this pit and you're just free falling for about maybe, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds or so. You have no room to dodge anybody because you can't, you're basically at the bottom of the screen as the screen's scrolling down. So if a guy pops up, he automatically does damage to you. If he's right beneath you, you do not have time to move and dodge out of the way. So you have to just guess where the guys are going to be and just, or memorize it, which would be very hard if you didn't have save states and, um, and, and dodge wherever somebody's going to be. You can swing your sword all you want, try to kill them. That's not going to be fast enough. You have to dodge these guys, but you have no way of knowing where they come up. So you just have to know where they're going to be somehow, or just get super lucky and just be in the right place at the right time to where you don't get hit by these guys. That was very annoying. I had to, you know, play it, fall for a few seconds, then save, then save the game, go back, fall for a few seconds, probably die, load that one, fall for a few more seconds, save it, and finally, eventually, I got to the bottom, and then I got to the final boss, and the final boss is pretty much just the same as the rest of them, you throw, you throw these Molotov things at him until he dies, and, uh, and that's, that's really all there is to it, um, and then, kind of oddly, at the very end, what happens is, you beat the final boss and then you turn into a wolf and that's the game. And then the game's over and you get credits. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know what that's all about, but that's what happens. That's how it goes. Solid fun game. Nothing crazy, but if, if you, uh, you know, if you do have the TurboGrafx 16 mini, it's a good one to spend a little time with. Uh, I and you know I enjoyed it for you know the hour or two that mm-hmm. I played it for. 
Um, so I guess that's it for games. And now it's time to jump back real quick to, to emails. I think there's just, like I said, about one and a half to wrap us up and then we'll be done. So, uh, you ready to, you, 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 you ready for this? We got this, you think? Heck yeah. All right. So going back to the rest of James's email, James says, uh, hey, fellas, thanks for your thoughtful responses. So I kind of picked pieces out of his email. So this was what the beginning of his email actually said. Thanks for your thoughtful responses to my last email. I'm planning to take Jay's advice and check out the PSP version of Final Fantasy Tactics Dope. soon. I'm also very excited to hear your guests, Alex and Trav from Drunk Friend on this episode. Thanks again to them for pointing me to your show. Uh, Beautiful Joe, Jay and Rob, it was really great to have an excuse to finally play Beautiful Joe, but I was sorry <laughs> to hear that you both tapped out before the end. It's such a joyful, creative, and silly game. It would have been cool to hear your thoughts on later levels. While the third level is definitely a slog, the rest of the beautiful the rest of Beautiful Joe really does flow pretty well on the normal difficulty, <laughs> annoyingly labeled kids mode. I hope you and your listeners get to give it a shot on the easier. Uh, difficulty setting sometime. And then he says, top five games with mismatched titles. Here's a list of games with an appropriate description based on the title. Harvest Moon. And his his appropriate description is a space mining and crafting sim set on a moon. I'd play that. I would too. I'd play both of them, but damn, that's interesting. <laughs> Rogue Squadron. I don't Very really, true. Really? Yeah, why not? He call he he was he says an XCOM like squad based tactics RPG featuring a band of rogue secret agents is what it should be. But isn't Rogue Squad that was the name of the actual squadron in Star Wars? So that's where they get the name from. I actually didn't know that. I just, I didn't realize that the game was named after that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Donkey Konga. He says it should be a rhythm game featuring donkeys. Tactics Ogre, let us cling together. There you go. <laughs> there it is. A monster dating sim. East 8, Lacrimosa of Dana. <laughs> oh, he man. says, I, uh, I'm i going to punt on this one. <laughs> and then, oh, and thanks, fellas. Looking forward to next time. Peace, James Hoosier. Thank you, James. We appreciate it. One more email. This last one's coming from Will C., Will C says, hey, again, everyone, hope I'm not late to write in my top five list. First, I want to start by saying I'm where to go. First, I want to start by saying I'm going round two on the classic gaming podcast playthrough. Good gosh. Rob, I die of last of laughter. Every time I hear you tell the story about your alone in the dark experience oh, when, <laughs> when I got too scared of it and cried. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, <laughs> glad you enjoy that, Will. That is a good one. <laughs> Jay, I'm pretty sure the uh, the first or second time Chase the Night Cleaner emailed in, he asked about strange things that happened while you were playing video games. You told a story about you playing a game at a rat-infested friend's house. Oh, yeah. You couldn't remember the game you guys were playing, so you picked Super Mario RPG <laughs> just to shit on Robert. Rob was hating on Mario. I don't remember this. You played a game at a friend's rat-infested house? Yeah, one of my friends, I don't know, I remember the exact story, but one of my friends growing up, he's a great kid, and his family was really great, too. I spent a lot of time at their house, 
they had a lot of they had a mouse problem or a rat problem and oh like gosh. i'd be at his house and i'd hear mouse traps go off all the time i think i'll be honest with you i think we were playing parappa the rapper if i remember correctly i think we were no you know what we were doing we were playing a demo disc we were playing a demo disc for playstation one and parappa the rapper was on there we were playing that and dynasty warriors and some other, i think it was dynasty warriors some other games as well okay uh yeah uh, top five, this is a hard list. Wow. Five, Phalanx. Oh, there we go. I know it's a military formation, but when I hear it, I think of Spartans or Greek Wars. Same thing. That's exactly what I think of yeah. formations. Yeah. The box art does not help with that either. Four, Gauntlet. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. He says, you'll need one after the Carpal Tunnel. Five, oh, <laughs> right. sorry, three, Katamari Damachi. I don't know what that even tra- translates to. I do, actually. It's a good call. I'm going to see if I can find out real fast. I'm going to do them one at a time. Katamari means lump mass bundle. Okay, so that makes sense. That makes sense. Damachi. Oh, wait. It's probably Damachi. Damachi. Damachi, maybe? Damachi means deceiving cheating fooling oh to take something away by deception maybe yeah that would make sense i I, I could kind of see it um yeah okay so yeah i think that would actually maybe might actually make sense possibly uh number two oh this is a good one act razor i'm surprised we didn't think of that one i think you guys talked about it before number one animal crossing Originally called Animal Forest, which makes much more sense. I can see this though, because like crossing is kind of yeah, like a, like I a road think I agree with you, in a town. Yeah, so I kind of see it. Yeah, it's a little bit of a reach, but I, I can see it. Right, nearly playing Skyrim. I, I was wondering what that was. Yeah, um, <laughs> the goddamn wall. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing: there is a Sega Genesis classic I used to love to play but i never hear it mentioned it's called skitchen it's pretty much road rash but on rollerblades what <laughs> really the music in that game fucking slaps wow good expression genesis skitchen. slaps love it this does look exactly like a uh, road rash but just with roller uh blades oh my god oh look at this skip like real quick just go like to the halfway point. This is basically a Rotorash clone on rollerblades. Oh, even like the... Oh, yeah, this is literally Rotorash. Yeah. What? This is Rotorash? What are they talking about? <laughs> That's hilarious. Where's the police? If there's police, it's definitely Rotorash. Probably. Um, anyway, uh, that's it from Will C. Will, thank you very much for writing in. We appreciate it. I think that's going to wrap us up. Jay, you got anything? I, I think we can s- safely skip the current gaming subcast this yeah. time. My stomach is, uh, my bladder is about to explode, I think, actually. I'm actually right there with you. Oh, God, we're getting old. <laughs> um, real quick thing. I'm going to I'm gonna promote myself real fast. Oops. Um, I started promoting online uh, the game that I've been working on for the past uh, year oh, and a half. Cool. It's called Nothing Without a Ship. And... You can start following it. Uh, I got the Twitter set up finally. Um, where, what, what just happened to my stuff? I just lost my notes again. I keep like randomly clicking on shit. Uh, here we go. It's called... Is this it? No. Here Here we go. Finally got it. It's The game is called Nothing Without a Ship. It's a roguelike uh, ship 
spaceship management game. And um, you can go check it out. It kind of you. I we're, so I have an artist. I, I can't do art, but I have an artist, and I'm uh, the, the way we're doing the, the way we're making the game is with. Uh, I, I bring that up because I don't want to say I'm making the art this way. He's making the art this way at my request because uh, he does amazing stuff. It's kind of almost like DOS style graphics. Uh, so it's kind of a we're kind of leaning into the retro feel of the game. Uh, I won't go into all the details why, but that's kind of what the game looks like. It's a top-down, think of kind of, it was heavily inspired, I'm really taking a lot of inspiration from Dwarf Fortress in this game, so kind of think about that, and it's not quite as uh, as old-school looking as that. It's, it's not ASCII, basically, but um, it's, it's along those lines. So, as I said, I, I just finally got to a point where I feel like I can kind of start showing it off. You can follow it, at not without a ship on Twitter or uh, check it out at nothing without a ship.com. You got a couple screenshots up there and a little bit of information. I'll be posting more stuff on the website and Twitter as things uh, progress. And uh, I, so I posted some stuff about it last week for the first time. And I really got an amazing response from some of the, some, some of the listeners on the podcast, some other people that I know on Twitter that, you know, some other people that I'm friends with that don't necessarily listen to the podcast Everybody's response was really super awesome. So thank you everyone who, uh, you know, liked and retweeted and made comments about it and all that kind of stuff that, that really meant a lot to me. That was really fun to see after working at, you know, on this for so long and, uh, finally revealing a little bit of it. So, uh, so, so please check that out. Thank you. Yeah. It's, that was really exciting for, for, to, to, for it to get such a good response. So I really do appreciate that. And, uh, I'm, it's going to be a while before it's out, but, uh, but I'm constantly working on it. So, and I'm very excited for it. So, Check it out if it sounds like something you're interested in. Um, I'll guess if, you know, don't forget to check out, I'll, I'll do Alex and Travis's plug for them. Make sure you check out the Drunk Friend podcast. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure their Twitter handle is just Drunk Friend or something like that. You'll be able to find it. Their logo has a big giant uh, beer glass on it. What else? Follow me. I'm at King Octavius. Follow us at Class Gamescast. Go to iTunes and leave us amazing reviews. Quick reminder, our next uh, top five is... What was it? Games with the broadest appeal. Uh, Our game of the quarter, which we will be playing in September. All our listeners are invited to also play it and write in their thoughts whenever we get to that episode. Uh, I don't know the exact date yet. Game of the quarter is uh, Sid Meier's Civilization IV. And aside from that, tell all your friends to listen to us. Mail us mail at classicgamingpodcast.com check out other podcasts on the HP Video Game Podcast Network and I think that's it I'm going to head out before I bust Jay uh, you got oh, any freezing hey. uh, I'm right there with you anything else uh, nothing I left out we're good to go no I don't think so I think we're good to go okay let's go uh, wear a mask you idiots oh Jesus nice closer <laughs> <laughs>